Sorry, I have a burp. I'm trying to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't move. Don't move. You lose the focus. <laughs> Carl, Brendan, and Danny are from Games, Brains, and Headbanging Live. GBH Bullet Comp for short, and it is the big Bloodstock review slash chat. We're going to be talking through our entire experience of Bloodstock 2021, which as of the time of recording was a little over a week ago. How it was Friday. At this time, we were pretty much getting ready to check out Devon Townsend. You know, what we can rem- I can remember from Devon and stuff like that, which isn't actually that fucking much, annoyingly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we're talking through the experience in the campsites, uh, the campsite that we were in, VIP, the bars, the toilets, everything basically you kind of see online, our own personal experience of those things, things that we really enjoyed, things that we didn't, things that we think that could be improved, things that we hope could be improved for 2022, suggestions, and at the very, very end, maybe even some words about 2022 and bands would like to see books for that. So let's just start with a really, really easy question for everyone to answer. Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I had a jolly good time. <laughs> what's your um, yeah. What's your standout memory? Like, even if it's a band or a moment or a specific thing. Um. Oh <laughs> man, just if I could, if I had to go for just one, my the thing that will live in my memory for the rest of my life from this festival will just be Spirits Will Collide uh, with. Evan Townsend and you know the whole gang of us there and you know that's on that's a memory for a lifetime that one mm. but that's only if I have to only choose one yeah, yeah give you yeah. another 55 if you like <laughs> count as we go on but just the one Dan yeah. what about you just while she sleeps being in that pit for a, a show like that finally after so long it was so great really Cool, cool, cool. And mine is, I I thought I was past sort of like uh, getting excited or at least getting energetic about bands, so to speak. And what I mean is that is that the idea, if you'd said to me at the beginning of the weekend, oh, you you know, there'll be a band playing that you'll want to see so much that you'll jog because uh, across the festival site to get to, I'd have been like, don't be stupid. Why would I do that? Like, it is what it is. You can't see every band in the world and stuff like that. And then end up doing that on Sunday just to try and make sure I didn't miss the last... Uh, 50 minutes of this is endless and you know and uh, yeah it sort of stuck stuck with me a little bit it was like oh you did actually care that much you did you still care I remember you said something to me and then just ran off and I was like what did you yeah, just I, say I think, I, I think I'd said look after the bat like the 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 bag with all the camcorder and shit in it no it was um you went are you coming and I went to what and then you just ran oh, <laughs> like, you know I was on fucking yeah. o'clock like they're 50 minutes left and it's like every second of you dwaddling going what's going on where do I gotta go why am I going I'm not asking what band, what band, what are we going to? Yeah, but if you just for? followed me, you'd have found out. <laughs> anyway, the whole anyway. fact that they're called This Is Endless and Carl had to sprint across to see them because they were ending, it's quite yes. ironic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's sort of start from the beginning then. Obviously we rocked up on the Wednesday. We were there very, very early in the morning. Well, we left very early in the morning, drove our way all the way to Bloodstock. We're in London, uh, slash on the outskirts of Kent, all of us. Uh, so, you know, it's like a, it was like a three, three and a half hour drive there. Um, so we're, we're not going to talk you through our drives or anything like that, or to stop at the services what, where we all sat. Your favorite ju- what was your favourite junction? Yes, yes. I think it's 28 because it was 
No, I like the M6 toll. <laughs> I'm a fan of the M6 toll. Uh, it's, it's... Both times we were at tolls, we got stopped by people that didn't realize you couldn't use Apple Pay to pay for them. That and they were just like holding their phone in front of it and it wouldn't work. That is true. And we were sitting there and watching cars go through the other ones. And we're thinking, for fuck's sake. But anyway, <laughs> so we rock up at a festival. And I hate to start this video with a complaint, but I have to. Where the fuck was the sign for VIP camping? Now, this caught me out. Now, I've been to uh, Bloodstock many times before, so I knew where I was going at a certain point. However, being two years not been since and with COVID, when I got to a certain point and a sign said, all parking... I, I went, oh, maybe they've changed the format this year and you all come in here and then you drive through the field and go to separate areas. So I pulled in there and obviously ran into a bother as we ended up in a traffic lane of cars going to a normal camping and then having to turn around while people are walking their shit across. And then because it's one lane, trying to get out of that and back onto the road to the VIP area. Where was that sign that said VIP camping? Now, I ran into that problem, but I know Brendan didn't. Yeah, I mean, we, we were a convoy of three cars, actually, weren't we? And yeah. two of the three did the same thing, you know. So I hate to have to lump you in with uh, the noobs to bloodstock, but you and the noobs did that. <laughs> um, I'm in the middle ground and I didn't. You're right. I was confused by the sign because I would be lying if I didn't say that while that sign came up, that I went, well, I, me and Gemma were sitting there going, well, that says all parking. That can't be right. Mm. Uh, and the only reason I decided to just go past it was because I, in my head, and this is quite logical, and I, but we hadn't started drinking yet, yep. was, well, this is quite far from VIP, and there's no way in the world we're going to be driving across three or four fields in cars. So let's just keep going. Worst case scenario, we have to turn around and come back. You know. But you're right. The sign literally said all parking. It didn't say all non-VIP parking. or You know what I mean? And there was no sign saying like onwards for VIP or anything like that. Which they've been previously. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that's a small complaint out of the way. It was fixed within 10 minutes and then we were parked up easy enough. It was super, super duper quick to get our um, wristbands and uh, to show our COVID, uh, like our COVID status. Uh, so no, nothing there. And then it was as per normal. It felt exactly like normal. You walk through the wooded area, there's VIP camping and all of that felt exactly the same. Um, there's not really sort of say there it was exactly the same we got on we're putting tents up you know that's the joy and shit that you normally experience there's nothing great fun there there was a bit of a yeah. thing where it was like don't put your tent here because this is the walk around and it was like yeah they, the, the dude tried really really hard to point out this non-existent line on the ground of saying like you can't come past this line I and mean, everyone was like what line he was like i know you can't there's not really a line there but you know like there's kind of a like a thing like a line it's like there's no fucking line dude you know <laughs> it, it and also like well. obviously as it as it filled out though uh and more and more people came uh, obviously that line moved because there were then people much further back on like a, you know when you went round to the end that where the toilets and the kind of barbecue area were you know the tents were way past the invisible line yeah yeah so, and i guess that's the great thing about an invisible line is technically you can claim it to be wherever you want yeah. So we could have just continued camping and said, no, no, I've moved the line to here. Yeah. <laughs> what's he going to do? Can't, gonna can't do you see it, mate? <laughs> <laughs> well, he might, he'll, he'll probably be like, oh, well, I've just moved it back. And then we yeah, just keep oh, going. God, now it's half well, Oh, I've moved it forward again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like it felt, um, you know, the whole up to that point, pitching the tents, everything like that felt the, the same as normal. Like I've never done non VIP camping at Bloodstock. So 
I've not experienced like the the longer walk or anything like that. So I must admit, as a person, that once you're there, you kind of just want to get all your shit down and get going. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, it's really. So actually, I, I even though I've never done the other side of it, I find it really painfully fucking hateful to have to do the three or four trips back to the car yeah. <laughs> you know that annoys the hell out of me because i'm like i just want to get the fucking tent i'll put a chair down grab, grab a beer let's go you know but then you're like and that is i don't know it's a good hour hour and a half sort of getting yourself sorted out and at first that's it's not blood fault it's, yeah yeah it's not blood fault it's laborious and like in, my, in our case uh, me and my wife's case we decided oh we'll bring a brand new tent that we'd never used before uh one without poles one that was inflatable and while it, in the end, it was really, really good and totally did what it was supposed to. At first, I was generally beginning to think, oh, my God, this is never going to stay up. I'm still not convinced that without guy ropes, it would have stayed in one place. But like that, mm. that, that shit stresses me out, man. Like I try not yeah. to let it bother I mean, me. You, it stresses me out. I know it didn't stress you quite as much, but technically you brought two brand new tents I'd never been put up before. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to. You also brought the tent for Dan jump in and these Sorry, idiots, every other idiot that this does not include me this includes these two and my wife and brennan's wife who were having trouble putting dan's tent up and i think i came out and was like okay and everyone's thinking it's broken and it's missing parts and all that and it was it took me to turn and go no that's the inner part you need the outer fucking shell of that tent that was quite funny yep it was <laughs> um, it's so funny tent, <laughs> luckily Luckily, um, firstly, with your tent, luckily for all of us, you're a really calm person and you and your wife never have disagreements putting tents up or anything. So there wasn't any kind of, there wasn't any tension there. And, uh, you know, Dan, Dan really likes to get involved and get stuck into doing things like tents. So that was oh, yeah. also really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love um, the one, you know, my tent, as you've, as you've seen many, many times, I'm, I, we've, we've used it for a fair, fair few camping trips and blood stocks now. So. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, it's an easy tent to put up and we're very familiar with it. So luckily for us, our tents, like our tents, the easy part of the work, which is why we always end up seeming to be pulled into doing everyone else's tents, you know. So we did our tent and then I think we were helping Nick and Sarah do theirs and then we were uh, helping Dan do his. So next year, or, you know, you'll be a bit more familiar with the tents. I'm sure it will be much, much less stressful. <laughs> I'm not going to be because <laughs> I have to get a new one again. Yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair enough as well like and for the first time first time for me one thing that's kind of special for me for the first time in all the years of camping i finally feel like i've nailed a comfortable enough way to sleep it's one of the biggest problems i've always had is finding what works for me sleeping wise i've tried every different kind of air mattress up to a point uh, i then tried the mats that brenda recommended a few years ago and they just left me too stiff we tried sleeping bags, we tried duvets, we tried this and that, whatever. And this year with the sort of, the, the air mattress, the, but that's one that's like king size size. That shit was, that shit really made a difference for me, man. Really, really did. Yeah, I like my, you know, I, I, I like, uh, like I'd be quite happy to sleep on a concrete floor, to be honest, I like firm. So yeah. I have one of those very, very small, low to the ground. It's a memory foam air ground sheet, essentially. Um, it inflates maybe two centimeters, and then and that's it. It's very very solid and firm. But that's how I like to sleep, so I'm, I'm quite happy with that. I always have a good night's sleep on it. So it's incredible. Dan, do you yeah. sleep right in yours? Yeah, just I, I like I really like the thing that I've got. It's just it needs to be taller to accommodate me. 
That was that literally the only thing. This is a problem for all three of us. It doesn't matter. We're all quite tall men, and like my airbed, my feet are hanging off the edge. You know, it's shit like that. You, it's just because mine's closed off at the bottom, so I end up with like my knees in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I wouldn't mind my feet hanging off, but it's the fact that I've got to curl up in a ball. <laughs> so let's then ask the sort of generalized question. Overall, particularly as more tense appeared as the weekend went on, do you think? Do you think VIP felt busier, more packed in than than usual? Because some people online have suggested there were there were extra tickets sold on the top on top of an already sold out event. Now, I, there's no verification that I don't know how true that is. But- no, and I've actually, you know, I'm not saying again there's no verification that this is true, but the, I saw that comment on the, one of the forum posts. And I, I, so I've seen that comment many times on the forum yeah. post. I've also seen a member of Bloodstock reply and say, you know, 100% guarantee that there were no more tickets sold in VIP this year than in 2019. Mm. So, you know, assuming, and there's no reason not to, that we trust them at their word, then it may have just been a feeling. And I've been thinking about this quite a lot. I actually spoke to Mr. about this the other day, and I wonder if it was just the fact that I just ain't used to being surrounded by that many people. Interesting. I really ain't. For, it's, been a, it's been a while. Um, and the only thing I've done in between is camping. And I've done a tank camping a couple of times between the bloodstocks. And when you go camping, it's a very different thing. You get your pitch and you have a big gap between you and other people. And that's kind of what you aim for. So I don't know if it was more people or if it felt more because we haven't been surrounded by so many people for such a long time. Mm. That's a fair point. I mean, I, I was only going to add, um, my part was going to be that for me, it didn't feel any busier in the camping area. It still felt quite spaced out. It didn't feel like people were camping on top of each other. Even as I walked around um walked like you know depending on which route come back from a set of showers or the toilets or through the center i'm looking around i'm thinking yeah this looks to be pretty much exactly like it normally is i didn't really notice anything in regards to that yeah it's the same with me i've only been there obviously the i've been there 2019 but because as well if they're saying that the same amount of tickets were sold i'll i believe them because that's exactly what i remember last time it being like that you know you could walk around just fine with your invisible line um there was no problem there yeah i mean the only thing that the only potential but like again it's just it doesn't really matter and it's just speculation is it is that you can sell the same amount of tickets that doesn't mean it's the same attempts you know yeah is that as well you could you could have sold four tickets to a group last time all selecting one tent who this time selecting four tent interesting do you know what i mean so it could be that it felt busier for some people, but I think it's also partially like where you camp. When you come in the gates from where the woods are, like where the crossing is, it felt like a lot of people were just kind of like pitch here because it's really quick to get back and forward to the car. Yeah. And uh, one of the times I went back to the car, that area was absolutely rammed, like rammed, tents all over on top of each other. But if you were willing to walk a bit further in, I felt that there was a bit of space, you know. That's fair, that's fair. I also think that applies to the other end as well, which is going right to the top to be as close to mm. Serpent's Lair, toilets and showers. The toilets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that aspect of things. Talking of which, then, let's discuss the facilities of the VIP camping area. We are talking about the bogs and we are talking about the showers and the water point as well, if you did use it at any point. We'll get to the food the f- area in a minute. And- Oh, and are you talking about the food one in the campsite? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll come to that yeah, in the yeah. end. As we're sort of All walking right, okay. our way through the festival, so to speak. I think um, the the it needs more toilets, just oh, like more. For fuck's sake, does it? Because there's eight, I think eight? Eight for, like, everybody in the whole campsite. Right, so there were three blocks, right? So this is why I, I wondered if any you guys would remember this. Now, uh, there was a lot of talk, again, when the suggestions and stuff of like that about the toilets... Uh, in the VIP area, and I saw some of the bloodstock 
uh, comment and say, oh, well, listen to your feedback. I'm going to add an extra block next year. And they added that they'd added an extra block this year. And I was like, wait, so you're telling me there was only two blocks in 2019? I can't remember. Maybe there was. But then I was like, okay, so three blocks still didn't feel like enough. Three blocks. It was like mm. three blocks. And obviously you got men's and women's and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I I just, I can't fathom. And I, I guess, I don't, it, obviously it's a cost thing and all that. But when you see the massive amount of space that exists next to that last block as well, uh, going away from the VIP, you're like, why isn't there more blocks? Mm. That's yeah. it. That's my thing. Yeah. More I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, I think in total, like forgetting about, I don't, care you know i'm sure none of us care whether they're two blocks ten blocks or whatever what really matters is just like the amount of cubicles in relation to the amount of people and also by gender yeah because that does matter and i think it, i think because the male portions of the toilets there, there's essentially a bit in the middle that's urinals yeah uh, i think in both of them which obviously takes out probably space for like two cubicles so probably in each one i would say there was maybe like four or five cubicles for men so say total ten or yeah. if we were being really generous twelve now there were, I don't know this because I wasn't in them, but call them my missus, pretty much the equivalent for female, you know, so like it, it obviously no urinal, so it was all blocks and it was like 10 or whatever cubicles in there. And the problem in that is, is that it's not a 50-50 split between males and females yeah. in VIP, you know, like in any way. So I don't know. I, it just seemed like an obvious thing to, you know, see, I also don't believe that there was another block added. I actually don't think there was. I, I know I, I saw the same post. Right. I don't think that they'd be lying about it. I mean, maybe they're mistaken. Some people, have said, well, actually what they were doing in 2019, I don't remember this myself, was that they were during busy periods where maybe the female toilets were empty and the male toilets were full. They were swapping the signs and saying, right, the males can use these. And mm. you know what I mean? And they were more kind of fluidly changing the gender of the toilets based on who needed them at the time, which I guess would have been sensible because there were many, many times I stood in that queue and only out of politeness and decency that I didn't go into the ladies because I could see there was no one in there. Every yeah. cubicle was clean and every door was open. And I'm thinking I'm 10 people back in a queue here. There's 40 people behind me. Why can't we use those toilets? It's no different to a share in a port yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying yeah. that I wanted to, but it'd be different if they were in there and they don't want us to, but they're empty. There's no ladies queuing. We're all queuing. Can we go in there? Yeah, like, yeah, I get what you're thinking. Like, it almost feels like it should be unisex toilets, you know? Have, a, have three blocks. Have a, have a female block. Have a male block with urinals in it as well. And then have a third block that's just all cubicles that is unisex. So if any, there are females who prefer not to be shitting next door to a stinking bloke, that they still have that option in the female-only block. Women stick too, mate. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I mean, hundred percent. Like, um, I think I've seen it probably the most comment thing. I think across all of the feedback kind of forum posts and everything, just like there are no way near enough toilets, and they are no way near clean enough. Now, I know keeping them clean is not a simple task to do because that also falls down to the people using them. Yep. And uh, there are some right filthy bastards out there. That's the truth of it. Oh, absolutely. Um, this year was a weird one for the cleanliness thing because it felt a little bit like cleanliness was covered by if we pour the strongest chemicals in the world into the toilets that will burn off any germs and also their ability to smell the shit. <laughs> and, and to a degree, it, it kind of works because like you couldn't, I mean, there's a point even now where as I talk about it, I can taste those chemicals, <laughs> you know, in the back of my throat. Yeah, because they were strong, man. I heard about them, but I didn't. I never went in the those toilets because 
every single time there was such a long queue and I was like I'm not waiting for that so I just went to a different one no it's incredible Brendan's right um, if there's something I'm going to remember that's still there it is that stench <laughs> chemical man the chemical like even just walking past it you'd be like whoa that's powerful shit yeah and part of me goes similar to what brendan's sort of saying now part of me remember thinking going oh well at least they're gonna be super fucking clean thinking like you know that much chemical must keep them clean but yeah yeah uh, the only other thing on the toilets quickly just before we come out of the toilets and we move on a step <laughs> is um the water temperature of the taps Oh. Now, I don't know if any of you washed your hands in there, yep. but that yep. was fucking painful, man. <laughs> the I had temperature a shower. Like, was scalding. I had a shower. I think oh, it was on yeah. Saturday. Don't jump yeah. ahead. It's, yeah, it's just I, related. No, no, it's not related because you're talking about showers. However, I'm going to actually talk about something that is directly related. If you remember, Dan, the very first time we went in there and I used the water and I said to you, shit, it's really, really hot. Yeah, we both did the same thing. Said, the bloke came in and went... Yeah, it won't last well, though, will it? And it was like, no, it ended up being burning most of the fucking weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah. I, it was quite funny watching people, even in there on a Sunday morning, like, and people were like, were like big burly men, all like babies around the sink, kind of going, ha get a bit. <laughs> That'll do. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> all right, Dan, we're walking to the showers now. Go on, tell, tell us what you were going to say. Um, it, I think it was on a Saturday. I had like a it, the the temperatures. So you had the the for like half the weekend there was the first eight I think it was that were freezing cold, and then you had the middle ones which were a nice temperature. And the other end, they were scalding hot. I think it was on a Saturday. I genuinely couldn't stand in the shower because it burned so much. Really? So I was in there for like five minutes. And I was like, ah! like I tried to wash my hair and it hurt so much just because of how hot it was. Um, yeah. And I, had, I wrote here, I uh, also think there should be more showers because if you're not up at 6.30 in the morning, you get end up waiting like 30, 40 minutes in a queue. Interesting. Because I remember on the, the Thursday, Friday and Saturday, I was up at about 6.45 and I went straight away. Um, and there was I got in it's instantly. But past that point, you were not. Yeah. See, I don't know. I mean, I use the showers a lot later than most people, normally between half eight and half nine. And there was there was one day I queued probably longer than most. But most days I queued maybe 10, 15 minutes. And to be honest, that kind of felt like okay. I'm also quite lucky. Other than one shower that got blocked up, one shower I used that got blocked up and started to rise up because it was one of those ones with the pit and not the grate. Um, I never had any issues with the temperature. It was never too hot. It was never too cold. I think I just got off a bit lucky there. It was just the one that yeah, was Yeah, really I'm, I'm kind of the same. I'm kind of the same. I mean, I, I do know, obviously, well, you both know I'm an early riser anyway, so, you know, I do tend to miss queue for the toilet. I can go over there, use the toilet, go and have a shower, come back, and, like, there isn't really any queues formed yet. Mm. You know, so I'm quite lucky in that regard. And I didn't – I knew about the cold ones because I'd heard that mentioned by a fair few people, but yeah. I didn't know about the hot ones. But just by pure coincidence, I think I did go into the middle block each time. So both times my shower was fine. It was – you know, fluctuates in temperature a little bit. It's a bit cold when you first turn it on and, you know, but generally it was fine. The um, cold ones, I think that probably surprised me the most. Like, you know, obviously getting burnt isn't a great thing. But um, the, it was more the fact that on the Thursday morning, people were already talking about the showers being ice cold. Hmm. But I, I think it was Saturday when I saw them finally changing the gas bottle, or it might have been Friday. Ah. And it was the fact that it had been allowed to be cold for such a long period of time. And then somebody came out like almost two days later. Now, I don't know if that was because it wasn't fed back to them or whatever, but 
you know, it stayed, they were cold basically for the best part of two festival days. I think it was until the Saturday. Yeah, I think it was a Saturday too. We were standing up there at some point for some reason, or we were walking through the VIP when they would came in with the. Oh, I think I just came in for breakfast actually at that food place when they came through with the Jeep with the Land Rover with the gas ball to change oh, it. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was I was in the shower queue then when that guy turned up. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that, yeah, because he pulled down and stopped pulling a gas. Yeah, I remember that. I remember. That. Oh, you were in the queue. All right, so we were probably quite because I was I was about four or five away from an actual shower at that point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember seeing you there, but you know, we, we know the rules, man. It's morning. Let's wait till you had your shower before we talk to you. What we're gonna say, you're getting food, I'm having a shower, you know, other than hello, that's yeah. about it. Um, oh, did anybody use the water point or did anybody use the um sort of care tent with the straighteners and things like that? No, I didn't actually see, I know it was there because people mentioned it, but I didn't even see it. I don't even know exactly where it was. Was that just the one where the security was? Yeah, a little bit further down from the showers, it was a little tent. Oh, okay, I think we did a but, yeah, we, round and we saw it. We brought our own water. Uh, I think Nick went over at one point and filled up one of those water carriers from there. But yeah, so we did like loads of bottles of mineral water, so didn't use the water tap or anything. Fair enough. Uh, same with the barbecue area. We never used the barbecue area either. You know, I'm not going to sit there cooking meals. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so when you walk past it and you're a bit hungry and you can see them cracking out the old sausages and bacon and stuff. But yeah, we, we have limited time yeah. already without stopping to do that shit. So that brings us to the food place. The one that was directly, I can't remember the name of it, something. Street sp- street Meat Kitchen. Street Meat yeah, Kitchen. Yeah, that's it. Dan. Uh, right by the entrance to the VIP, serving all manner of foods and drinks. Uh, <laughs> I'm just remembering the time. Fair bit but, of breakfast food from here, right? Yeah, we did. It was a little bit cheaper than the main menus, but I remember, it was, I think it was like the Wednesday when we were walking up to the arena for the first time. We looked at it, we were like, eight pounds, fuck. Yeah, just, that was... That was the location, <laughs> weren't it? The early, and yeah, that was right. It was the cheeseburger, like eight pound, and was like, okay, it's gonna make expensive. <laughs> and yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I mean, I ate nothing from there other than bacon rolls. I had a couple yeah. bacon rolls, and I got the missus a bacon roll. And food-wise, the bacon rolls, very nice. You know, it's all right for the price, six quid for a bacon roll, but they didn't skimp on it. You know, it was a nice brioche bun. They filled it with bacon. Um, you know, so I, I was all right with it. The thing that I thought they were fucking terrible at. Uh, was coffee. I had one coffee from there the first day and I wouldn't have bought another one because it was just piss, man. It was just water with like a handful of granules thrown in it. It's like, that's yeah. not a coffee, is it? You know, so I had one coffee from there and I was like, yeah, that's me done with your coffee. I'll wait. Yes, I shall echo exactly what Brendan said. I had a couple of uh, sort of like bacon rolls and stuff like that and it was perfectly fine. No real issues there. I thought uh, it had enough, like it had enough bacon in it and it said a brioche bun and stuff like that to make it stand out a little bit more. However, my wife bought me a cup of coffee from that place on the first day as the similar to Brendan and um, exactly what Brendan says, man, that is, that's, that's not, I don't know what that's three, three quid. Like that wasn't worth 20 fucking P they threw granules and they waved a cup of coffee at some hot water, waved it at it. And yeah. went, there's the cup. Um, you don't expect like fucking, well, you don't expect brilliant, brilliant coffee at a festival, although there is a place that does that, but that is, that was piss poor. Like it made me want to have a cup of tea and say to them, leave the fucking tea bag in. And then I could picture <laughs> them probably taking it out and using it in another cup, that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah when it came to hot yeah, drinks. Yeah, so it was pretty bad. Um, I would say for them, uh, they were really nice. That is what I know that they were very friendly people. And on one of the days I went there to get a bacon roll, they were having something that will come up, I'm sure, later in this video, but they were having Wi-Fi problems and having problems get, um, using their card payment. 
which meant that the queue had backed up quite a bit and also one or two of the staff had had trouble getting in because of a road accident. Right. And um, they were just the loveliest people. You know, uh, I, I had cash, so I paid by cash as an apology for making me wait. She put like about six extra bits of bacon in each mine and Gemma's roll. She was like, I'm really sorry about that. I'll put extra bacon in there. I saw somebody come behind. They got two cups of tea from there. They didn't have a... Uh, cash and they were what their card payment wouldn't get through and the lady because they'd waited so long in the queue the lady just let them have it for free and she was like look i'm really sorry about the queue you know so actually as a collective you know i thought they were decent and they weren't it was expensive but you know the fact that they you know they could have easily just let the queue be long and still been no fuck you there's your one bit of bacon they were they were the officer you know they were really nice people so good on them for that yeah yeah absolutely no complaints there anything to add dan um I think I didn't get bacon. I got sausage and egg, mm. um, which was nice. Uh, I got the. I, I haven't ever had nice coffee, so all I'm used to drinking is shit coffee. So I didn't <laughs> think it was that bad. <laughs> um, I think you guys are. I think you guys are exaggerating a little bit when you really say fucking it was not. Really not. <laughs> it's not even that we're snobs, dude. It's like a strength thing. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> Carl, you drink strong. You drink strong coffee. I also drink strong coffee. You know, I load my coffee up, and um, that's really what it was. Is like if you could control it and say to him, "Look, chuck a couple of spoons in there," it probably would have been all right. But they're making standard coffee for standard people. Unfortunately, it's not their fault. I guess, which but... is me. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Okay, before we move on and out of it, uh, what was your experience of security at each end? So we're talking about the VIP entrance way and the VIP exit towards Serpent's Lair. Did you, uh, you got any good or, good, good or bad stories? Uh, I was just the one so, guy that shouted at me. He was like, wristband! And I was like, all right. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was really like, I think just because like loads of people were going for it once and he kind of shouted it towards the crowd and it was like, Jesus. Oh, so it wasn't shouting yeah. you directly then? No, 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 no. no. It was right. just like, I was like a couple was, of people um, around me. Assuming it's the same guy. There was like an older dude that was there for for a lot of the a lot of the whole week actually. The bald um, at the one that yeah, that's it right. The one that goes into the serpent's lair. Yeah. And um he was really nice actually. He was very friendly and talking to a lot of people. And uh, I think at one point I, I showed him my wristband and he was joking about, oh, it's the first time you've fucking shown that to me all, all week so far. <laughs> so then the next time when I was leaving the camp, I purposely showed it again, even though you don't need to at that point. And he was like, he was all like, oh, now you're taking a fucking piss. <laughs> you know, so he was all right. He was a bit of banter, you know what I mean? The people at the security side of things, I didn't really have an awful lot of dealings with them really, other than saying hello when we came in. I didn't go back to the car at any point, you know, or anything like that. Uh, and then in the morning we left. There was a dude sitting there, but he was asleep, just staring at his phone. Like, he didn't check anyone going out or in or anything. He was just like, it's whatever time in the morning. I can't be fucked with this. Yeah. If it's on the Sundays, like, who's really going back with carts full of stuff on a... Ooh, I am going to... I am going to... Right, so uh, I echo everything you said there in regards to... Uh, I think isn't it, I think according to the forum and stuff, his name is Wayne or something... But the guy at the entrance to yeah. VIP towards him was there, super friendly, super up for it. Every so often there was someone else there, but for the majority of the time it was him. At the other end, it was predominantly two young fellas that were there. And um, I obviously went back to the car a fair bit more than you guys. Um, and each time I found them to be quite friendly and, and stuff like that, enough that it kind of got to know faces. However, you got to keep that shit up. And Sunday morning, uh, I thought, oh, I was walking in and out and no one was even looking at me anymore. And as you said, one of them had was just like whether he was asleep or just on his phone, head down. And the problem with that is simply put, is that theft does exist at a festival. You've got to be on that. And 
you can't just because it's Sunday, the whole day still exists. Like it still does exist, you know? Uh, so I was a bit sort of like aware of that. But for the most part, I didn't have any problems with anyone. I didn't run into any issues. Uh, one night we tried to, me and my wife tried to go back to the car quite late after 11 o'clock and found it to be closed. And we were a bit baffled, confused about like whether that was something new or not. We didn't have a problem with it because it was like, all right, fair enough. But that was a bit, yeah, we, we just weren't sure if, why like he was like oh if you want to go back to your car you've got to walk all the way back around to the main entrance and that way and I was like why like i still i still don't fully understand that you know considering that pathway yeah. when the car is lit yeah what's the point of having lights if you can't go for it at night yeah because i've been through there late but um I, I can't remember if i've ever gone back to that late to be fair how late but, was it oh god it would have been it was definitely it was after devon i think I think we no, because I remember on twenty in twenty nineteen after Parkway Drive, me and you walked back to the car to get your cigars. Oh, so, I mean, okay. it must be near. It's it's not a complaint really, because it really didn't matter, and it, it would have been easier for me to do something then. But it is what it is. Okay, right. So we're walking towards Serpent's Lair VIP. Now I'm going to complain about something that does not affect me in the slightest because I. Um, don't have um, an issue, basically, on that. But why Why can't... And I, I'm baffled by this. Why can't Bloodstock remove those rocks that lead into the Serpent's Lair VIP <laughs> area for people in wheelchairs and with crutches and stuff? Like, I hear about it on the nature. same... Because hmm? it's, it's a rented, isn't it, surely? I think it's a farm, usually. Yeah, well, so the farm isn't going to be like, oh, no, you got to put those rocks back. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, the rocks. I'm talking about the rocks. Like, not redoing the entire ground, but because it's all... It's so rocky... Like, I just can't quite fathom why that can't be sort of... Why that can't be solved. No, they, they could do something with it. I mean, there's a level of, like, you know, how much do we want them to do? Like, cause if we ask them to start walking around the campsite beforehand, picking up every stone they find, no, it could course. get a bit laborious. But, you know, like, when we come into VIP, they put a ramp down for the cars to drive across. Uh, you know, well, sorry, when you come into the VIP car park, there's a big ramp that leads from the gate through to the car park to, so that we have a nice, smooth journey. Yeah, It probably wouldn't be too hard to just chuck something like that down. Like, you know, one of those big, thick rubber sort of things or something like that down to just lead from the disabled down to the main bit, maybe. Possibly, because I guess if you do that, it also becomes a hazard of its own because once you put anything down, it becomes slippy. I don't know. Yeah. If it does rain. Mm. And then everyone would be like, why did you put that down? At least with the rocks, we had a grip. <laughs> I don't know, it might just be one of those things that you can't win on, you know. I just saw. But yeah, it, saw it's people. tough. It's tough sometimes watching people like you know in wheelchairs or people being pushed, and they have to basically bring them down backwards because it's like to not tip them out. And you know, you do kind of think like, oh, maybe maybe something can be done here, man. We'll give them a different entrance. Well, that's it. It's just uh, you know, I've so often you'd see people like struggling trying to push a wheelchair through and stuff like that, and it's kind of like. Oh, okay, it, it you know, and it does seem to be a common complaint online as well. But you know, it's not it's not something that directly affects us. You know, we're we're walking through as, as um, you know, as we are. Uh, so security on the entrance into the VIP Serpents layout. This was probably the hottest security I saw all weekend. In that, no matter how many times I came back and forth, which was quite a lot of times, even with the same people, I I, ha I was having to show my wristband each time. Yeah, I had to show my wristband each time, but the where they weren't hot in compared to previous years is they didn't they didn't seem to give a fuck about whether or not I had a drink or not. Oh, in previous yeah, years, they used to yeah. be like, drink it before you come in, drink it before you come in. Whereas this year, I was just bowling back and forth with drinks. As long as I showed my wristband, they was like, yeah, that's all good. Yeah, that is true, which is weird because I've heard stories that from the main campsites, um, yeah, they security there was a lot hotter in that aspect of things. 
Yeah. Hmm. Well, perk of a VIP. I'm going to take it. Yep. So there was definitely, a, I'm pretty sure there was a lot more benches this year in and around the VIP area, uh, which is a, to me a massive positive. Toilet wise, it was exactly as it was in previous years. I've got no massive problem with that. It's limited space in there. The urinal is quite big. It's very easy to get in and out of and stuff like that. Uh, so that aspect of it, like the sort of the area around that, of course, in the center, you have whatever it was this year. This year, well, I think it was some vodka thing. Um, we can talk about a person manning it afterwards, but um, for the most part, the Serpent's Lair outside area was as normal, nicely spaced out, felt comfortable. I had no problems with it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they are 100% there was more benches than last time around, which is good. And uh, weirdly enough, you know, I, without ramming the place, I guess you could even do with more, but I don't know if there's room for any more. Mm. Um, you know, everything was as I remember it, to be honest. Uh, I think the first couple of days, the, the media area was smaller, like the picket fence sort of area. Um, yeah, no, it's fine. Enjoyed it. I think the urinal is a blessing in there as well. Like you said, it's easy to get in and out, man. Wouldn't be queuing to a, for a portal every time you need a piss or anything like that. So, absolutely. Dan, got anything to add there? Uh, do, oh yeah, I did actually. Uh, just in the actual Serpent's Lair bar bit. Yep. Um, I think when they have DJs, they play it so loud that you can't hear bar stuff. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Oh, <laughs> such an old man. I was too loud. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was like, you're too loud. You're too old. You really annoyed me. <laughs> so let's talk about the bar then, the experience of the bar. Did you ever find yourself waiting too long? Did you run into any rude staff or overly or nice and friendly staff and the drink quality that you experienced? Uh, plenty of friendly stuff. I didn't have any particularly like rude stuff at all. Um, they all just sometimes if it was busy, you had to wait quite a long time. Okay. Standing there, kind of waiting for somebody, and then like one per the, the loads of people. You'd see them go to someone next to you, and then they do them, and then you'd be standing there for a while. But that was the only real. That's yeah. That's, that's that's youth inexperience of a bar because you you you've <laughs> not you've not been going to bars. Because you obviously only turned eighteen, yeah. now, the rule is very simple, mate. You make sure they notice you. You make you don't stand and wait for them to come to you. You don't like arm out. Back in the day, you'd have a ten hanging things. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't like giving people like... evils if they push in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a gr- I got zero complaints about the VIP bar. I literally don't think I waited longer than a minute at any fucking stage. Everyone I spoke to was lovely to me. Uh, I, it's often where I spoke to other bloodstockers the most. Uh, during certain things and drinks wise um well you know i quickly lost track of what was what but all it took me to go to like the bar stuff was can you just get me a pale ale and they just get me like they knew and it was i'll get you this one and it's fine and i love that i i got no complaints about a vip bar man yeah same i had no problems there served quickly um people were lovely uh not therefore i had a bit of trouble finding an ale i liked for the first day and a half before I stopped trying all the random ones with weird aftertaste and just tried other people's, <laughs> you know, but that's not their fault. Um, yeah, it was good. It's good, as always, I think. But actually not as always, because I think like the last time we went there, we actually did complain quite a bit about yeah. the uh, bar, and it was the opposite way around. It was, you know, at the surface layer, they were all miserable as fuck. And when we go to Lemmy's bar, they were all happy. So it was nice to see a load of happy people this time. Agreed, agreed, absolutely agreed. Uh, did you guys catch any of the entertainment that was taking place in the VIP? 
Oh no, just these uh, people that were singing about like it was like I think it was called the Karen song, um, and it, it was horrible. I hated it. It okay. was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it was the worst thing I'd seen yeah. all weekend. I didn't see. I didn't see that. I don't think I saw a single thing in there. I saw one band interview, partial band interview, um, while I was queuing for the bar. That was it. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, the only thing I saw was I went to the bar at one stage when there was a stand-up comedian doing his act. And it was quite fucking amazing to kind of realise how... Almost like I realised I was being played as many other people did. So I got there when this guy appeared to be dying on his ass on stage. Now, if you're watching this and you are the person or you know him, please inform me because what I looked over and I thought, oh, okay, what's going on? Like, what his jokes were terrible. And it seemed to be sung, done in a certain way. And like everyone sort of standing around watching the bar had the same face. And even the bar stuff were like, oh my God, he's dying on his ass. And then I realized that was the point. I think his act was that he was supposed to be like a, a posh Tory or Toff experiencing his first festival. So like that's, you know, that's what the jokes were. And he was kind of dressed that way as well with like a shirt and like nice trousers on and stuff like that. I think and that I was the guy to- I saw. Oh, right. But he was screaming. He like com- had completely changed his entire thing, and he it was like he was wearing like a jumper with a shirt underneath. That's right. Uh, like khaki trousers. Okay. Aga was doing the, something. I love the way that you uh, you uh, called him a, a posh Tory toff, and then described that by because he had a shirt on, on and a nice pair of trousers. <laughs> the way he like, was, um, do you ever see? I wore that to work today. Do you, ever see, do you ever see the joke raised by owls video uh, where they did uh, a death metal band or grindcore band fronted by a Tory? Did you ever see that video? So it's like you know he's got the jump. He's like, he, he, you know it's um the, the 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 main guy from raised by owls like a jumper over his shoulders and he's speaking all posh yeah. like but he's like that like that video it, it's it was like that that's what it was kind of thing. I I mean I didn't see enough of it to really be able to say much more than that. But if you're if you saw the same guy doing something very different, Dan, or just two very similar people doing completely different things. Okay, before we move on, I do want to ask you about this, right? Did you think the Serpent's Lair VIP was busier? The area was busier this year than you remember? It'd be tough for me personally, because obviously last time I went, I wasn't really going up to the bar. Well, no, I mean the general area, the seated area, the whole thing, the whole area. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, on the Sunday, I think, when Bleed for, after Bleed From Within played, it seemed really, really busy in there, like, mm. busier than I'd seen it before, like, all the benches were taken up, there was people just everywhere, and I was like, yeah. is this busier today? Because I, I think it depends where you, when it was in the day as well. If it was, like, five, six, it'd calm down a bit, where people were going out and doing stuff. Early in the morning, calm, but, yeah. like, 12, 1, 2 yeah. o'clock, it was really, really busy in there. You, Brendan? Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it was busier in there. I have all like mad theories on it though. I think like in a lot of previous years, even us wouldn't spend so much time in there. We didn't spend a lot of time in there, but we would go in and go to the bar and stuff like that. Or a lot of the time, I found myself going all the way back there to go to the toilet back at the camp or wherever. And that was purely down to the fact that the arena was so fucking busy. Yeah, it was next to impossible to get served at Lemmy's bar. It was very yeah. fucking difficult uh, and the arena was so busy and the toilets were such a state that actually 
it was a lot of people were just constantly going back to the surface layer. You know, yeah. I think in previous years, maybe people were happy to just spend their time out in the arena and then grab drinks from Lemmy's bar and use the toilet there. Whereas here it was like, well, actually, we're, no, I'm going to walk all the way across the site to get back to the surface there just to go to the toilet because the arena is so fucking rammed. No, that's, I got, an, I, I'm going to add a theory, not so much a theory, more an actual thing that, 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 that should be taken into account as well. And it's simply put an extra day of bands. Uh, not just like, we're not talking five or six bands here. We were talking over 20 to 30 bands extra on a Thursday or who had access to that place. Yeah. So there's that as well. I think Ward 13 were there the entire weekend. So like, there's a uh, but their, um, their older brother, Ward 16, was there though. Yes. Ward 13, Dan. <laughs> you dropped uh, three numbers from them. Sorry, I thought they were called Ward uh, 13. Yeah, no, it's, um, Sorry. They were there. Yeah. The, but also, I think uh, I might be wrong on this. I probably am wrong on this. But I think um, bands also get a, a, a limited number of uh, guest passes as well, don't they? I think so. Um, you know, so yeah, like you said, if you bring 20 or 30 new bands and they bring even just one or two guests, you know, suddenly up to like an extra 120, 150 people, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot in a, in a relatively small area. It is, yeah. I, I just, uh, particularly certain days, I said I felt a little bit hemmed in, a little bit like I was in the way or it was harder to sort of move around as much. But it's still like, I still love it in there. So I'm really major complaints. All right, so let's head into the main arena. And uh, I don't even know where to start with this one. We'll get to the stages in a bit. Let's, um, well, let's focus, let's focus on the food side of things. Let's cover food in one big block. Food. So we're talking the selection that was available for your needs. Uh, the best and worst services and food you ate over the weekend and so on. Who wants to get us started? Okay. I'll, all right. I'll, I absolutely failed miserably on food this year. Uh, and I don't know if that was just excitement at being there or whatever it is, but I found myself, I went in there planning to like try and eat regularly. You know, I'm going to try and make sure I have something at certain times and all that. And then I think one day I did, I had nothing but one burger for the whole day, you know, yeah. And uh, I was just, you know, I, I don't know whether it was the hype of wanting to go and see more bands or, you know what I mean? Always trying to like find the next thing to do that I was just like, and go and get another bit of food or Onslaught or about to play. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was always like that. Yeah. So I didn't really eat an awful lot there. In fact, if across the whole weekend, I had one pizza, one hot dog, one beef burger uh, and a burrito. And I think that's it. The four important items of the food chain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. What, what was the? I mean, what was the quality? Do you remember the places you bought them from? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, the the food that I ate, actually, so sorry, no, I didn't. I also got chips from the fish and chip place. Oh. Um, I had the burger I had, which was from the place that was in imaginatively called Beef Burgers, um, which which was actually probably the best burger I've ever had at a festival. It was really, really fucking nice. It was well priced. It was like eight quid for. Like a 10 ounce burger, so it was like two patties. Yeah, they'd cooked onions already. They were putting slices of cheddar cheese, proper slices, not like the wet stuff, like the solid slices on it. It was a really, really good burger. Very, very much enjoyed it. I had a hot dog from a place I can't remember what it's called. Oh, um, no, dogs. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, and that again was very nice, substantial, oh, well cooked. Uh, and I had a really lovely result as I went up to it, which is like in the queue, as I was standing there, the lady who was working behind us shouted out in absolute horror 
and agony that they'd run out of liquid nacho cheese and they had no choice now but to sprinkle actual cheddar on the hot dogs. She's really sorry. To which I was like, that's okay. <laughs> that's fine, yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. And so that was really great. The burrito, absolutely delicious. Wonderful. I've had it a few, a couple of times now at Bloodstock and it's, it never lets me down. Uh, the fish and chips place was an absolute disgrace and it should be shot uh, because what they were were not a chip shop sort of fish and chips at all. What they were was like me at home with a deep fat fryer. The chips were tiny portions in a big box. You want a large chip? There you go. We put the same portion in a bigger box. That's useful. Um, the chips were, you know, like when they're all kind of, I don't know, they're almost like, like the oil's been absorbed into them. So they're all like kind of gloopy. Oh. And uh, yeah, generally very, 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 very horrible and very, very expensive for the horror that it was. It wasn't like going to a chip shop and getting a portion of chips. If you go to a chip shop and you pay £2 for a portion of chips in a, in a wrap, and here you pay £10 for a large chips in a box which had about 20 chips in it that were just disgusting and fatty and horrible. Um, oh, yeah, I remember you gave them to me, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, a few of them. I was like, do you want them? <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't great. Uh, the pizza, the pizzas there are always pretty good. To be fair, the pizza place is nice, so I've got no complaints on the pizza at all. And, uh, yeah, and I think that's pretty, much, that's pretty much my lot. I didn't eat anywhere near enough. My schedule for eating wasn't great. Uh, on the Saturday, I remember I ate like I didn't have breakfast that day. Uh, I think I had those chips for lunch, <laughs> which were very nice. And then I had like nothing else. So it means I got drunk very, very quickly on the Saturday. Um, but other days I was fine. But my, my biggest upset was the Texas Smoker. I remember it from 2019 being like absolutely brilliant. And then this year they put liquid cheese on. And I was like, oh, no. Mm. I don't remember there being cheese on it before at all, and I think it was worse for it. Um, and they forgot our onions at one point, and we were both really upset about it. We were. We were. <laughs> we were. So, yeah, my, my, my story is similar to Brendan, is that I sat out like, like a, a grown-up to be like, try and do two to th- at least two to th- two meals a day, but try and do three a day and snack here and there. Come on, man, you know, keep your energy and stuff like that. It completely fell apart. Um, you know, it took me ages to think about what I'd actually eaten. So uh, a bit of a difference, though. So uh, the basically the first thing I had was the what's that squeaky cheese called? You know, the one that's squeaky. What? You can fry it or you can bake it. Halloumi. Halloumi. <laughs> squeaky cheese. Yeah, it's like squeaky yeah. cheese, isn't it? That's what it is. But yeah, so me and Lou decided, uh, me and my wife decided we were going to have a halloumi wrap. Uh, that promised to have salad with it. And we were like, oh, you know, that's really nice. Because I, I basically, I was trying to focus on eating a lot more veggie stuff at this festival. Um, and this halloumi wrap was the worst start possible because it was, here's a couple of bits of crap halloumi in a wrap and 90% red fucking cabbage. And it was like, oh, that's the salad. And that was terrible. Absolutely terrible. I also had a bit of Texas Smoker um, and it's nice. But it's been better. It's been much, much better. So I hope they can correct that course for 2022. The best thing I ate all weekend was on like, I think Friday, as me and Dan both had a falafel wrap from a place that was down by the New Blood stage. I think it was, and like it was morning on a Sunday. Yeah, we sat in the New, I think we sat in the New Blood, didn't we? We ate it. Yeah. yeah. And it was really, really good. And it was really, really nice. Fast forward the two days later on a Sunday, we would have that same wrap. And it, and it was, was the same day. Graceful. It wasn't it the was, same day. It, it was. was I, it? I, yeah, we had it Sunday, like about 12 o'clock. And then we had it with Lou about seven. 
Oh, okay. I think it, I think it's because I had it myself on Friday, and that's when I really, really liked it. Um, but yeah, fast forward to Sunday, and we the last we went there as a sort of the last thing I think we ate that day really, and it was fucking terrible. And this was at a point where it seemed that like all the food places were running out of food, and the queues were getting longer. And uh, we went to that rat place, the falafel rat place, and also the staff member was an absolute cow, like absolute cow, like shouting. She was shouting at Lou, demanding this, whatever. Screwed up orders. And it was so she frantic. completely Every, fucked up mine. Everyone was getting stressed about it. She was like, what do you want? What do you want? What? We're like, whoa, 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 calm down. Like that kind of thing. Chill out, which was a real shame. Uh, I had a vegetable paella from the paella place. Um, it's it, it was as good as it always is. I think they do good food there. No complaints. Um, what else? Didn't so you both hit up the mac and you both hit up the mac and cheese place a few times, didn't you? Uh, once, yeah, mac and really cheese, sort of the stodgy food. And um, I was, I had a mushroom one, a mushroom and garlic, and you just had, what did you have, Dan? I had pulled pork and a That's... rat and a mac and cheese. That was actually quite nice. Yeah. I didn't, I... I didn't have it again, though. Yeah, I got no complaints about that. For me, it is it is what it is. Uh, eat it quickly because it's going to solidify. No, no complaints there. Uh, we had some donuts, like from the donut place, oh, um, yeah, which was good. annoying because it was like five five in a pack for a certain price, and there's three of us. It was five for six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but there's three of us, so it's like... One person can have two and then the other person have one and a half. Probably the best thing, like the most consistently good thing we had, and we had it two or three times quite late normally, was the pizza place. Uh, the pizza place that was kind of cooking them to your thing. And the veggie pizza yeah. they did there was really, really good. We, um, I think after Devon, we might have hung around uh, after and then we went and walked off and got a pizza, me and Lou then. So that was really, really nice. The only other thing... Uh, I had a couple of the uh, slushies, slushies, and each time I had them at a really good time when I really needed a refreshment, but I couldn't get over the fact that ultimately I was paying like five quid for flavoured ice, you know? It's, yeah. It You'd is get like halfway through it and it'd be completely tasteless. Yeah. But I think that was about it. Variety, I looked around. There was. I meant to try the Yorkshire pudding place. I meant to try that bunny man, bunny man chow thing. I meant to do bunny that. Chow, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just never did. Similar to you, Brendan, like all my plans are out the window and it seemed yeah. to be. I did actually. There was actually, because I just, I mean, there was one other thing I just remembered that I had actually, because I had it two mornings in a row there, which was there was a, there was a, a kind of coffee and toasty place, um, which was actually, it was labeled as a waffle place. Oh. But um, aside from the waffles, which they were doing there, they were basically doing like, latte cappuccinos or whatever from like proper costa like coffee machines um and then they did like five different types of toasty so two mornings myself and Gemma took ourselves down there got a latte and a cheese and ham toasty um mm. five quid for a coffee and a toasty uh it was a bargain we just sit on the floor outside it and uh happy days it was the closest i've come to you know that mr t's or something like that that used to exist there yeah really that was a very very welcome morning thing and uh, my missus, obviously, um, just because she'll kill me if I don't shout it out, she regularly eats from Barnaby Sykes, the pie place. Um, and again, on the feedback, even from non-people that I know, where you just see comments and that, that was, uh, again, very, very high quality food. For me, I don't really eat from there because I don't really see like pie mash and all that, like gravy and that being like good festival food to walk around eating. But I did have a conversation with the guy that was working behind there and he was very, very nice. And he was talking about like, you know, he, he doesn't know any of the music or anything like that, but he, he comes here every year and he can and he loves it and the crowd are great and everyone's really friendly. 
And uh, we were t- I was talking to him. I was joking. You know, I'm like, I was a bit pissed. So I was taking the piss out of him saying like, oh. he charged a lot of money for a bit of fucking pastry and some filling, mate. <laughs> I was only joking with him. And he, he was he was a good laugh. He, he took it all in good spirits. But he said, actually, like, you know, any other festival or any other place they pitch up, they charge a lot less. Uh, he actually told me that for a fact. Uh, so that's nine pound there. I think it was for the pie, the mash gravy, you know, like a, a full substantial meal, to be fair. It's well worth the money if you like it. But he said normally they charge between six and seven pounds, depending on where they are. Mm. But their price, I don't know why. I don't know how true it is. But uh, you know, anyone who was around me at the time will back this up. He said that they are told to increase their prices by bloodstock to be more in comparison with other food vendors. Mm. Which I find a really, really odd thing. Because so they, they normally come in and they charge six or seven pounds for that meal. But he has to put his price up to nine pounds because that's the kind of benchmark for that sort of meal at bloodstock from other vendors otherwise it wouldn't be fair competition if you heard it from him why on earth would we disbelieve him i mean that brings us to the obvious thing then that uh, we have to talk about which is the overarching pricing of a lot of the food almost all of it was charging pretty much in the same ballpark and while we have this thing where we almost feel guilty for complaining because hey pandemic they've got to make money and all that that part seems to be ignoring that we're all in the same boat and that we're expected to pay for it and that surely if you continue to charged these extortionate prices what you're going to find is more and more people stop bringing their own food and then you're going to keep losing money because no one's going to be spending eight or ten pound on some crappy burger and chips there's the problem to me it's not like a lot of the time you were spending eight or ten pound on one of the best meals you'd ever have you're paying for average food man it's not even that it's like you'd go to say like a nando's and you'd get like a half chicken for eight pounds you're getting half a chicken yeah but no, yeah, but <laughs> it's not, it's like portion take, sizes as well. Yeah, but you always got to take the festival thing into account. We do have to take into account. I know we, we've experienced, but these prices are going up. And it's like, okay, where's the glass ceiling? Where do we stop? Where do we go? Okay, this is no longer worth it. You know, like this is no longer cost effective for us yeah. as consumers. I mean, I, I think I might, you know, I'm not going to hold back on this at all. I think the whole food situation there is a fucking disgrace, to be completely honest with you. I think it's a complete rip off. The sum of the food is quality, but even if you're paying for quality, you know, you have to balance cost with obviously the quality of the food, but also the portion size. Right. And um, yeah. And, and I do think that's, an, you know, I like I'm not saying I didn't eat from there, so I'm not a great fucking person to talk about it, but I saw people, including my wife eat from the pie place and have a, a full fucking meal for nine quid. Now, nine quid still expensive for a pie and mash to me. You, you know, you go to a pie and mash shop, you're paying three quid, and they got to pay fucking overheads for bricks and mortar and everything like that as well. But it's at least a substantial meal. Mm. I paid ten pound for like a large portion of chips from the fish and chip shop that was empty, a half empty box, and I didn't even want them to put any more in there because the chips looked so fucking vile. I was like, no, that's all right. I'll struggle through half of these, and like, I didn't even make it halfway through them. As poor Dan found out. <laughs> so. There is a balance between like, if the food is good quality food and a substantial portion and I pay £10 for it, I'm probably going to be okay with that. But you can't do all three. You can't say, right, I'm going to charge you 10 quid for half a meal and it's going to be shit. That's where the problem is, you know? So I I think that the food that I had was very, very good. Uh, But in each instance of the food that I had, other than the pizza, which I think is reasonable because they were genuinely being made while we wait. So it's a freshly made pizza. So I don't mind paying a bit more for that. Uh, And the beef burger, which I thought was reasonably priced. Mm -hmm. Everything I had, even the burrito, was a knock. 
you know, the burrito I had, right? Let me explain this, right? I paid like, I don't know what it was, eight or nine quid. And the burrito tastes absolutely fantastic. Yeah. What they do is they get a wrap, they roll it up, they fill it with food, they cut it in half and give you half. What? Oh, no. You don't get a whole fucking massive burrito like that. You get one that's about that high. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that was the case. That's no, it's delicious. Nice. And it is jam-packed with food. But let's think of what like 90% of a burrito is. It's plain rice. Yeah. So yeah. what you're doing is you're charging me nine quid for half a wrap, 90% filled with plain rice and then some chili. Don't tell me that's got, that you're not making £8.50 off of that nine quid. And that's the problem. You're not making a 3% or a 50% or a 25% margin on this. You're making a 500% margin on it. Mm. That's the problem now. Like you give me a full burrito for nine quid, ram packed full of bits, bits salad, all that sort of stuff. You know, I'm going to be all over that. You give me like a, a, you know, a fraction of a burrito. I enjoyed the food, but you know, I just think like we're, I think we're all being taken for a ride there, to be honest with you, uh, in all of them. I think the other thing that happened this year partly to connect it to this, and this is maybe it wouldn't have happened otherwise, is the fact that there was another day. I don't feel like any food vendor was properly prepared to, for an extra day. And I think that what they would have done is, like most food places do, is as they realised by day two and three that they ain't going to have enough food to last them the whole time, is that they started stretching the food. So you put a bit less in the meals because you need to last another day here. You know? So, you know, where you might put like three bits of bacon in, let's start putting two in, and then you go down to one because we're going to run out of bacon or whatever it might be, you know. Uh, we know that a lot of people were running out. By the last day of it, actually, it was very difficult to get food from some places. It was. You know, lots of places had everything crossed off. It's like, we don't have any of this anymore. Yeah. You know, I know these places work, man. I am guarantee you that as it was building up to them running out, that what they were doing was stretching the portions as far as they possibly could to make as many sales as they possibly could. And maybe that extra day killed them as well. I don't know. Maybe that preparation, not knowing how to prepare for it. I don't know. But I, I honestly think that the food prices or portion size or quality, all three of them, combine at Bloodstock to give us very, very poor options all across the board, pretty much. Yeah, I, I can't argue with anything you've said there at all. I don't know how you fix it. Uh, I can't see prices going lower next year because you've gotten away with it this year why would you proceed to go backwards and that's how it's yeah. gonna be going forward we can just hope that through feedback towards bloodstock that certain vendors don't come back or up their game basically i told it up their game we shall see um let's give a shout out. let's do it end on let's end the food part on a positive the best place then if you can remember the name just the best place uh waffle house I don't think that was the name of it, but the place with the uh, coffees and toasties was a great that place. Was, Affordable. That was near the main entrance, near, on the left-hand side of the selfies, right? Just past the Dodgems, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan? Uh, my favourite place would have been where we got the falafel routes right next to the paella place. Yeah. Um, that was really nice. And mine is not food place, but I forgot to mention we talked VIP. We are going back to the VIP for the long-standing Monk's Hood, Monk's Hood? I can't remember never how you put, say their name. The coffee place that is always in VIP and once again delivered the best coffee. Lovely, lovely stuff all weekend. No complaints there. Want to give them a shout. Yeah, popular. That's big cues. Yeah, but worth <laughs> but it. Yeah. It's one of those where we can generally say worth it and reasonably priced for festivals. I've got okay. a couple drinks there and they were really nice. Absolutely, absolutely. So where should we go next? Well, let's leave the stage. Is anybody going any fairground rides? And do you still love the fairground rides being there as much as I fucking do? <laughs> the only thing I liked is the uh, one, the guy with the really tall one kept playing Barry tomorrow. Like, 
Yay. I love Eric Tomorrow. Yeah. But not blaring out of a fucking speaker on a ride when you're trying to listen to a band. I don't know. We're near any stages. No, but they are in the. If you want to chill out outside the stage for five minutes, then you can't get away from the fucking thing. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, for me, I'm never going to go on them. I, I felt like a, I didn't see an awful lot of people on them this year. I don't feel like they were massively used. You know, I saw some people on the big one. I don't even really remember seeing the dodgems going too much. You know, but maybe that's just by pure chance. I wasn't really looking over there. Yeah, I wonder. But people like them fine. I don't really care that they're there. I mean, it's just not for me. I'm never going to be getting drunk, eating festival food, missing bands to have a fairground ride. You know, it's not not for me. Well, my my my, I'm a lot more harsh on this. Get the fuck, get the fuck, get the fuck out of a fucking get the fuck out. You are taking up space. You're obnoxiously noisy. You just do my nutting. And when I have in my head all the other things, uh, things that I wish could have happened this year, and I think because oh, it probably couldn't have happened because of space. And I see them there. I'm more annoyed, but I think I don't think that really matters. I think they're there to stay. Did either of you go into the gaming arena? No. Why not? Uh, <laughs> uh, two reasons why. One, I completely forgot the fucking thing was there until uh, <laughs> late on in the festival. Um, but secondly, it's just not what I'm there for. Yeah, that's just not what I'm there for. I mean, I'm not going to spend any time in there. I don't. I have no problem with it being there. And if people want to go in there and you know, have a bit of fun. I don't even know what it was like in there. You know what I mean? I've no idea what it was like. I know they said it was nostalgic games, but there were also consoles in that. So I'm assuming there were sofas or seats or where everyone just like mm-hmm. standing around trying to grab hold of an old PlayStation controller or whatever. I don't mm. really understand. Running yeah. out of memory on a memory card. Yeah, I actually wish I'd stuck my head in, but you're kind of right what you said at the start. I forgot it even fucking existed. I walked yeah. past it a few times and I didn't even really acknowledge its existence. But now I kind of do wish I'd, I'd stuck my head just to see what was inside, just pop my head in. Oh, that's what it yeah. looks like. It is like a retro thing. Uh, if you were there and you did go into the game arena, let us know in the comments how it actually was. Personally, I thought it was a waste of time, but I know a lot of bloods that like to do these interchangeable things there, whether it be fighting, whether it be uh, strongman stuff, and it was a gaming arena. And I presume they actually probably would want to keep the strongman stuff going, but COVID changed that this time around. Um, I, this is a suggestion you see a lot online, and I actually am very pro it now based upon what I saw in the arena this year. They should just get rid of that and replace it with a covered area with lots of benches that's far enough away from the stages so people can't sit there and just watch bands and get away with that. But if you generally just need a little break from the arena area, you can go sit and chill there. I generally think that is now becoming a really, really desirable thing to have. Yeah, I agree. Or like not even a chill out area. What I think they should do is have a covered area there, but have it as an eating area. Because there is nothing harder than watching like your missus or me or whoever it might be walking around with a fucking huge meal from like the pie place, or whatever, and having to either try and hold it and balance it while you eat because you can't sit anywhere, you know. And that's yeah. and that's right outside a lot of the food places, man. So why can't you pick your food up, go in there, sit down, have have your meal, and then move on? Yeah. And like I said, the, the trick is to just get it far away from the Sophie stage and Jaeger. Keep the fairground rides in between. So again, you've not your views blocked. So there's nothing to encourage you to just sit there and be like, I'm going to stay here now and watch bands, that kind of thing. I'd put a little fucking, just like you do with the media area, I'd put a little picket fence around it and I'd put a security guard on it so that people walking in with food can go in there, sit down. When they're finished, ask them to move on so yeah. other people can come in. Because obviously guys, outside Lemmy's, you've got those benches, but it literally constantly people just sitting there watching 
main stage. Yeah, oh, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I think people probably, you know, that that's the aim. They get up in the morning, get over there, get us a table outside Lemmy's, and that's it for the day. They stay there for the day. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what they do. They probably just camp it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Fair, fair play to them for their dedication because most of the time I'm only looking at them because I'm jealous because I want to sit down there. But the thing I don't understand is why they stay there for the day. Mm, <laughs> you know, well, how, how much are you missing, man? No, agreed, you know? agreed, agreed. Okay, so we've done the food, done the area. We're not going to do stages. That let's talk about the uh, the the cute the toilet inside the main arena. How did you find them? Did you enjoy your time in them? Well, um, I only ever used the uh, urinals. Mm. Um, I never used any of the portaloos there. I went back to the VIP if I needed to use a portaloo or anything like that. Uh, luckily for me, I think that every time I went to the urinals, it hadn't rained up to that point. So it was okay. It wasn't swampy ground or anything like that. Once it started raining on the last day uh, and a little bit on the Saturday, uh, I started trekking back to the VIP urinals for that as well. That's it. That's my whole experience. I had no problem with them. I think just with how much they bigged up that they were going to do the whole hygiene thing, they didn't do a great job, but I had no problem with them, really. Yeah, I mean... Uh, they, 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 they were as me- to me they were as messy and dirty as always. But I don't necessarily blame Bloodstock for a lot of that. I blame people. I go to Urinal and it's covered with graffiti and shit on the walls and all that. That ain't Bloodstock. Bloodstock didn't rock in there and start doing that. Marker <laughs> pens going. I'm going to leave a pithy message so that I can put it on social media and I'm hilarious after and all this sort of shit. You know, the only time I can properly point out and say plenty like where they got it wrong at least was. Uh, there was, I think, Saturday or Sunday, one of them at New Blood stage had urinals that were overflowing. That, to me, was unacceptable. Because if you've got to that stage, it means you haven't fucking emptied that in a while. Like, no, that's not okay. Um, so that was a problem. Uh, on that front, the cleanliness thing, the hand pumps seemed like a really cool idea, although the fucking alcohol gel in them was like 90% alcohol, man. I had a few cuts on my hand from camping, and it was painful to use. But after yeah. a few hours, they were on the floor, and, from, and, and, it was, and they didn't seem to get refilled often enough. Uh, it was good with Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. It was good. It was good with Red Bull. If you just um, but yeah. <laughs> nah, you, you could have done. But yeah, I mean, that's that's that was my what I was going to say. My last memory of the hand sanitizers was that they just always seemed to be lying on the floor. Yeah, always. Yeah. But again, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if they were really badly put up, or is that just people being dickheads and just knocking them to the floor and then walking off? You know, I knocked one of them off, but I picked it up and put it back on. So, yeah, it's just that personal responsibility yeah. more than anything else. Oh, the toilets are messy. Well, how are we, are we keeping them as clean as we should? Are we going in and shitting up the walls? Yay, you know, people, that's people will do that and then complain about it. Like, people will piss on the walls and then be like, Well, why has someone done that? <laughs> yeah, or also, like, why hasn't somebody gone in and cleaned up after me? Like, this sense of yeah. entitlement, it's ridiculous. It's like, yeah. Well, hang on, at home, you clean up after yourself, surely. Well, I hope you do. Maybe you don't. That's the question. But yeah, so I, I, I mean, the to- toilets generally across the whole of Bloodstock, no matter what part of it I was in, I felt lacked in in some ways or another. Whether it was not enough in Serpent's Lair, uh, sorry, in a VIP camp, um, you know, uh, and also I don't, there probably wasn't even enough in the main arena to be honest with you, because by the time Sunday came, when that festival was fucking rammed, mm. there were some mad queues even for the urinals to use them. You know, I went for a piss or I went to go for a piss during Saxon and then I decided not to bother and went back to VIP because even though it was miles away. It seemed like basically 
we had the same setup for a festival that never normally sells out, maybe has 15, 16,000 there. And this time around, we're supposed to have 20,000 and nothing extra was added. Yeah. No extra toilets. Like the salt, one of the well, salt, yeah. One of the, it was, was 20,000 and an extra day. So like you said, all the stuff that comes with that and nothing extra was added, no facilities. The food places didn't bring enough food. Uh, do you know what I mean? It was... It was. It sounds like we're just doing nothing but complain because it's. I'm so grateful for the festival organ. I'm so grateful to have been there and I had such a wonderful time. But you know, I'm sure like even they, in hindsight, can look back at it and say like, you know, all right, maybe we didn't get that quite right. You know, mm. and no, I think the thing. Absolutely, and Brenda's yeah. right. I don't. Want, this is this is the idea of this video is the deep dive and you start picking things apart and stuff like that. And of course, these are parts of the experience. It's not all about negativity. We've talked some positive things as well, and we still have plenty more to come. One of the things I've seen um, people complain about that I don't necessarily agree with for certain things. So obviously there was a lot more mess this year and part of that was because we went back to disposable cups. However, we all know to a certain degree why we went back to disposable cups. Although there was an argument about that's pointless when a person is picking up your disposable cup with their bare hand and they're handing it to you and stuff like that. That's a bit relevant. But obviously that meant there was a lot more mess on the floor in regards to plastic. Now, you see a picture being shared of an empty main stage with plastic cups everywhere. And I'm a bit like, okay, but that's easily that's easily recycled. Like that's easier recycled in theory than just putting it in one of the bins that started with signs and then just became free for alls as they were. The whole like, here's one that's specifically for cardboard. Here's one for uh, plastic is a fantastic idea. But we're not whatever reason we just not getting it right like we're just not getting it right because i know it was like i got the other day and i was like oh it's a plastic one went to throw it in and i was like oh it's just filled with food because obviously people yeah. just go mm, you know because it's a bin they don't want to throw it on the floor they want to put it in a bin which is no bad thing i don't know what this sort of here is i really don't no i mean you know i i, I think there is a little bit of this like where as a festival i think we all want to and bloodstock want to be seen to be doing what we can towards things like recycling and climate and and environmental friendliness of course you know it's a big part of the ethos of things like bloodstock so the bins i thought there were a lot of bins i thought which was good i thought they were much better signposted than they were in 2019 it was a big improvement when um they were just like overflowing i saw a lot of people emptying bins you know constantly coming and one away taking them back so that was really good but the reality of this is, is for me it's a people thing again you know if you're if you really it's all well and good spouting bullshit all over facebook about how you want to save the fucking planet and then you walk up to a food waste bin but your food waste is still in your cardboard box you know you've got a, i don't know chips in a box it's food waste and cardboard is there it is not hard to tip the chips and then throw the cardboard in that's not difficult, but what people will do is chuck it in there. And then next week, now that they're back from the festival and that, they can all get back to shouting about how much they want to save the planet and how furious they are. It's, it's hypocritical bullshit, man. Yeah. Um, I understand this single-use thing is a reason for a lot of plastic being around, but it's not a reason for a lot of plastic being on the floor. Of course. It doesn't need to be on the floor. I had many a time I finished my plastic drink. And you know what I did? I put it in my pocket, in my cargo pants pocket, until I left the Sophie tent or whatever, and then I chucked it in a bin as I walked past him. It's not fucking hard. And we're not talking about a handful of people here. We're talking about 
what looks like the majority of the people there because it's not a few plastic cups on the field it's thousands of them yeah um what's an excuse you know I can't, i've got no excuse for anybody who sits down eats half their food then just gets up and walks away and leaves the rest of it on the floor i just think people are filth man honestly they're filth and they're you know, just get sick to death of like watching all people like spouting about how, how they all want to do their bit. And then you get into a festival environment. It's like not my problem now, mm. somebody else's problem. And actually, I just like you watch people walking around, picking up stuff with litter pickers and everything like that, and working hard and doing a good job. Uh, and just like I remember being in the new blood tent actually at one point, and there was a person in there with a litter picker picking up all the stuff that had been left around in there. And there was a dude sitting beside me where I was standing, eating something out of a box, yeah. So he's sitting there, it might have been noodles or something like that, right? And while the person was picking up litter in front of him, he put it down, stood up, and just left. Like, completely in front of them. And then a few seconds later, she come along, picked it up, and put it in the bin. And I was just like, you give a fuck. You give so little fucks that not only are you happy to litter, but you're happy to litter in front of the poor fucker picking up after you. Yeah. You know, and I look at that and I've got no like fucking time for them, to be honest with you. I think it's disgusting. I do. There's no excuse for it. There's plenty of bins and people are just filth. The idea that it doesn't really matter if they're giving you returnable cups or single-use cups. You either return them or you put them in a bin. You don't need to just throw everything on the floor. So, yeah, I, I, I think they're scum, to be honest with you. Scumbags, a lot of them. That's why I, and I stand by my idea that I put on Bloodstock that I would quite happily have snipers on top of rooftops or stages taking out anybody who drops food on the floor within five metres of the bin. There you go. Dan, you got anything to add to Brendan's rant? Rant. <laughs> <laughs> um, not really. Uh, I think, actually, with Bloodstock, it's kind of like a general thing with a lot of festivals. It's like once once something like the Finns gets past a certain point, festivals seem to kind of give up and they go, well, what are we supposed to do? When a lot of the time they could do stuff about it. So like if the toilets are dirty or the bin signs have fallen off or the hand sanitizer, they just stop refilling them. They stop putting them back up and they're like, what are we supposed to do? But they should keep up with it because otherwise it will just get worse and worse. And then they've got to do more at the end of the day anyway. Yeah, they should definitely try to do more. But, you know, at the same time, if all the fans there want to keep spouting up all their books about how we're all one big happy fucking family, well, stop throwing shit down in, around your family members, man. Put it in a bin. It's that, and it? We know Bloodstock can do more, but we also know you, us, we need to do more. We understand that when drinks have been had, things get a little bit lax. Just try. Just try to keep it a little bit cleaner and tidier. Um, we'll all be better off for it, including you, because God forbid you are one of those and accidentally sit down in a lovely, lovely spilt, dropped bowl of fucking cold noodles. And you've got that in your ass. I sit on the floor for a fair bit. So, you know, I'm like yeah. highest. So, Nothing. all right. Uh, did either of you use the bar, uh, the Lemmy's bar or the bar in the Sophie stage? Oh, um, and the new blood. No. Uh, I use Lemmy's Bar a couple of times, yeah. um, predominantly to pick up probably one of the best ideas they've ever had <laughs> at a festival, which were the kind of jugs of beer. <gasps> yes. Milk yes. Yeah. Yes. The thing that Absolute got me very, very drunk brilliant time, idea. <laughs> Such a great thing, honestly. I did. If I'd have known they were in there earlier, I probably would have been buying them earlier because why go to the bar four times for a pint when I can pick up a four pint jug and just drink that <laughs> with a straw? <laughs> <laughs> it was the reason. I think that's a great idea, but. Better. 
it's also a great way, you know, like we're there in as a group. So, you, you know, people, we were all coming back with them. We were all filling each other's glasses. So, you know, we're all then able to sort of stay there. We had a couple of jugs by our feet, stay there watching bands. You're not constantly having to go back to the bar. Probably a good idea for Bloodstock too, because then they have, you know, you slow down the return trips, don't you? You know, people haven't got to come back every drink. They're coming back every four or five drinks now. Mm. You know, and you're only going to do two jugs before you're not coming back at all anyway. <laughs> That's true. There is that. <laughs> you know. It reminded yeah. me. It reminded me of many, many years ago of the discovery when uh, I think it was Brixton were the first. Brixton Academy was like, oh, yeah, we do two pint cups. And you were just like, oh, my God, that's genius. Something so simple is so genius. <laughs> yeah. 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 I use uh, my only other disappointment in Lemmy's Bar was that there used to always be like this huge Lemmy poster down one side of it. Yeah. Uh, and we always, we had like a bit of a tradition, like me and Gemma always took a picture in front of it, a selfie with Lemmy, and I think her and your missus did too, you know, but that wasn't there this year. Or if it was, it was back more and put behind, like there were barriers and stuff. Like it, it wasn't like a rectangular bar this time around. It was more like a sort of semi-circle. So there was like a, a sort of metal barriers at each side. No, you know, didn't so, even yeah, so, didn't even notice. Uh, I went to Lemmy's bar. I went to Lemmy's bars on uh, Lemmy bar. I think on my drunkest night, which was Saturday night, and I went there really, really jolly. And I was taken back by how hard that staff were working. I ended up speaking to one of them and just saying, like, "My God, you guys are like flying around here back and forth. Like, wow! Like, yeah. I was so impressed. I couldn't believe it. Like, I, uh, you know, I know the demand is very high, obviously, for that bar. And at times, I'd walk past them with some very long queues, which is kind of why." I got most of my drinks from the VIP. I think I picked up one or two from the Sophie stage. And each time I went there, that was always empty. Because a lot of time we were in the Sophie stage during the day rather than late at night. So that aspect yeah. of it. But yeah, in the main arena and stuff like that, I mean, what I said, I, I, was, I was just taken back. Part of it, I was drunk and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'll give him it, also, it was Friday for Devin, wasn't it? I don't know. I can't remember. I was, uh, I just remember that I'd Saturday I was drunk for Devon and I can't remember much. I remember I was very drunk for Crater, but I can remember a lot more of Crater for some reason than I can Devon. So I can't days. Did blow. you, um, did you, I, I mean, I've, I, I never really understood this, but obviously you also get the massive, massive queue for the Hobgoblin truck. Yeah. Don't you? Uh, and I never really understood why everyone queues for so long at that. Cause you can buy Hobgoblin in the stages anyway, can't you? <laughs> you know, I wonder if you like get something essence. specific. Is yeah, it, maybe there's something special about it. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but it don't. It is. It is a bar. E.g., you can get a couple of other drinks other than Hobgoblin there. I yeah. do believe that is like you can get the. Last Wasn't there also um, like only open at night, but like this mini kind of container that opened up and was also a little bar. I don't know if you saw that down in between the food places. There was like a container that was shut all day long and then it opened up at night and they had two or three beer taps and there you could also get beers, which I think was to try and alleviate pressure in other areas. That was cool. Which I picked up the beer from. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. I think we're almost done. Oh, no, we need to talk. All right. Unfortunately, folks, I'm about to now talk about my biggest complaint and something that I don't, uh, not only do I think it's unacceptable, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair for the bands. And it certainly isn't fair for us as consumers, particularly when we want to support and help bands. I don't know, the merch, the merch fucking store bit this year was horrendous. It was horrendous to buy. I think a lot of the staff were next to useless. I'm sorry to say that. I know part of the problem is, is that the smaller merch store, the one that's near, was previously near the main entrance for the the arena. I don't think that was there. So that meant there was no, one thing wasn't. which was in its usual place. And here's the thing. 
I'm not that bothered about buy, buy, buying Bloodstock official merch. My shit is the smaller bands. And I had an absolute nightmare. This needs to fucking change. Bloodstock, if there's one thing I can ask you, beg you to do for next year, forget everything else I've asked for. Give them their own fucking stall. Give them a store or a location where they can rotate for one hour. You get to sell your shit. You get to sell it because trying to find band t-shirts, band anything for some of these smaller bands that really need the leg up, really do, was impossible. Impossible. The amount of times it was like, oh yeah, that one, oh yeah, we ain't, well, that, it's not up, if it's not up on the board, it's not here. And it's like, the band has said on fucking Facebook, it bloody was. Make it like, and you're wondering if you're being told the truth or you're just wondering if they're being lazy about it. Because even trying to get them to find your stuff, some of them seem to take ages. You're that one a medium. Well, one, that one there, you know, the one with the skull and the name and all that. Okay. And then you're like, where the fuck did they go? Oh, mate, I, I, I got very frustrated. That's why I didn't buy much merch. I got maybe a couple of t-shirts happily that were pinned up, but it was so much more that I wanted to buy and I didn't, man. I got two. I got a shirt. I got a malevolent shirt and I got the while she sleeps one. I couldn't get the while she sleeps one that I wanted in my size either. Because the main stage bands. So their shit gets put up. But it what was behind. The, it was. Well, yeah, yeah. What I mean is, what about the Sophie bands, the new blood? You see what I'm saying? That, uh, like, even that, as you said, was a struggle. Now, merch selling out, I got no issue with. You get there, it sells out. It is what it is. In fact, hey, big up the band. If your shit sold in all the sizes, I'm happy for you. But. I just feel like the smaller bands aren't being given, they're not being given a fair shake of the whip here. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I felt the place was a, it was hard work up there, man. It was really hard work. Um, I did, I, I got three t-shirts, I think some from smaller bands. Mm. Actually, I've got a couple more because I picked up a couple for Gemma as well. So, you know, I think, uh, I don't think I did. I, I don't think I got anything from any new blood bands, but a lot of the time I went up there to check and there wasn't anything there, but I never knew. And there was never anyone to ask, like, if that was because it's not up or you don't have any, or has it already been up or is it going to go up? And there's no real way of knowing, man. Um, uh, On the official merch sort of thing, purely a positive for Bloodstock, of course, but they sold out of a lot of their official merch, especially one particular design they had there, which was like the uh, Nordic Compass, which is called like Svegasir or something like that. And it was a really cool design and, you know, my missus really wanted it. And um, we went up and it had sold out. You know, we tried to get there was a hoodie there that had sold out. The T-shirt sold out. The strappy kind of vest top, which looks like it's for girls, sold out. And then I saw about 20 blokes wearing it that weekend. <laughs> it's like, really, guys? <laughs> um, and But what I found myself having to do was I was doubting myself constantly. So every day I went back and asked again and asked a different person to see if there were any there because firstly I had no confidence in the people that were behind it but secondly the simplest thing in the world is they never took them down off of the board on the top oh. all right so for Christ's sake let's just be obvious for this shit if your items are sold out take them down off the board then I won't have to and many other people because I saw many people saying well can I buy the one on the board and they're like no we're not allowed to touch them and if it's sold out take the fucking thing down you know, that's just a simple thing, man. Like, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, advertising something for sale, but then you have to go, you queue up, you queue up, you queue up, you get to the front. Oh, can I have one of them? No, we haven't got it. They're sold out. And you're like, well, why is it still why is it? Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> why are you still advertising it for not, sale? Even if you don't want to take it down, put something over it, you know? Simple a little, as that. little sold-out sticker over the top of it or something yeah. like that. Save me queuing up 
four days in a row just on the off chance. And the reason I kept going back, even though they told me, was because I had no confidence in the people there. Because one of the first T-shirts I bought there was a The Crawling T-shirt. And when I went there, there was about six other people with me looking for a The Crawling T-shirt. And they all asked for it. And the same guy, we were in the same bit of the queue, said, no, they haven't got any merch here. Now, at the same time as him saying that, another dude bought a decrawling t-shirt and we realized that it was all being boxed up and taken out the back so we had to send him to get the guy to come back in with the box at which point we realized that about 40 people around us were all looking after for them and i believe the guy that was boxing them up at that said that that's pretty much it we've got one medium left and that's all of them are sold but guess what it wouldn't have all been sold if that if we'd have believed that guy who said no they haven't got any merch here mm. you know so you're not hurting us, you're hurting the bands, man. That's it. That's yeah. getting to me. And that's what I'm saying. Even if it was like a corner uh, where they give out the, the VIP bags, a corner that's for each bloody band to have half an hour after their set to come and sit. Like they do at a fucking show. Come straight after your set, right there. And you just, you ain't got to pin them on board. People will know you're there. Okay, at this time, directly after their set and so on, the crawling's going to be there. So we go over there and you grab a fucking t-shirt straight away from the band directly. Just something because yeah make it make it easier for yourself like i can imagine it's quite a fucking hassle to keep taking all the shirts down boxing them all up putting all the next band's shirts up and all that just don't put anything up put a fucking chalkboard up there and take five minutes to write which 10 bands merch we're currently selling and then i'll come up look at the chalkboard and go oh can i have that band's in large yeah yeah and then when you finish with those bands the effort is wipe it out and write the next band's and here's the big other big one from this. If Bloodstock, the logistics of doing what we're suggesting is too much for you, here's an idea. Let them have one of the fucking shot pitches. And that just be a fucking band playing Bloodstock, lower stages, New Blood and Sophie only, all weekend. You're rocking there. The bands have the merchant there. You might get to meet one or two of them if they're about selling it. That's what you do there just that one of those shot pitches i just to me it's one of those where i'm like it seems so easy to solve i don't know where why i can't see the difficulty there must be some do you know what do you know what i'd like to see what i'd like to see yeah especially with the new blood stage more the new blood stage than anything else is make it more like a gig that tent has always got room in it at the very very back end of the tent put three or four tables right back up against the barrier that's on the far hand left hand side let the bands put their merch out yeah Love just it. like it was a kick. Absolutely love it. Absolutely. That love way you, you take up no room whatsoever, gives it that festival feel, but it's like a gig environment and the bands can ship their merch with no damage or impact on anybody else. And it would free up any space. Like if you are trying to put New Blood sp- bands on the merch wall, it frees it up. That's main stage in Sophie. And maybe, uh, maybe, and maybe Jaeger, ba- Jaeger bands, I suppose, as well. But like, yeah, it'll free that up yeah, as well. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, before we move on to stages and bands, then uh, Wi-Fi, <laughs> Wi-Fi, the data, Wi-Fi, terrible, awful. I mean, it always is. It always is. And I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm not good at expecting to get great like Wi-Fi and data and stuff like that. Um, the problem is, is when it impacts contactless payments. That's when it becomes a bit of a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the thing, a, right? I went into a place to get some patches, and I couldn't pay a card. Yeah, and some of the food places were the same. You know, there were points. Actually, the bars as well, weren't there? There was a point, I can't remember what day it was, where everyone had to switch to cash for a That's period, right. didn't they? Get some money out, yeah. Yeah. 
it's a pain in the ass, you know. Like I, I'm not expecting, you know, get get put in setting up a Wi-Fi fucking network is a very very expensive thing to do, mm. uh, especially for a festival that size with the amount of bandwidth that would be needed if everyone would use it. But to make sure that you've got something decent in place for the vendors, you know, that sort of thing is obviously you know quite important. Um, you know, the signal. There's nothing they can do about the signal. Unfortunately, welcome to the countryside phone network. Because I can tell you this for a fact that it's not just Bloodstock because my sat nav, I have to drive about three miles away from Bloodstock before my sat nav finally goes, ah, oh, right. But now I can tell you which way to go. We're back in civilization. Oh, you're moving? Okay, then. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You're like, I'm sure I go right here. Fuck it. I don't know. I'll go right and hope for the best. And then eventually, you know, it goes, ah, oh, you're here. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that's cringe. something. You've been driving in the wrong direction this entire time. Yeah, you, you literally could have been, and then you'd have to drive back and go back through like what would now be double the the dead spot. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, I don't, you know, I, I, it's one of those things. I, I I don't mind not having the signal. There were a few things this year which I know impacted on people, uh, and that was one: the band lineup changes and announcements yep. uh, were pretty much predominantly being announced on social media, I believe, or on the Bloodstock app, both of which are pretty much fucking useless if you haven't got any network. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, uh, yeah, uh, sorry. Um, and that, for, I know this isn't going to be the same for everybody, but for me, I go to Bloodstock an extra day this year and I leave a nine year old daughter at home. I need, I need to be able to speak to her sometimes, mm. you know? Um, and, and I said, you know, I can't hold that against Bloodstock. You know, what can I do? What can they do? There's nothing they can do. You can put a fucking phone box in there or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe and that's what I need to do. Get, go back. Um, I don't know, get one of those old kind of like World War II military sort of a communication sort of network set up and I can speak to her directly through Morse code or something. Feels like it sometimes. And the fact you've actually reminded me of something before we do move the stages, of course, there were uh, some short notice lineup changes uh, this year. A lot of it couldn't be helped. Bands happened to pull out at the last minute. Some, some it is what it is. Uh, however, I find it hard to sort of be like, hey, look, I get it. And I completely understand when it's like, oh, no, this band is now playing in a different stage we're just not going to tell you unless you can get to the app. And it's like, you've got big fucking screens. You've got people coming in announcing bands. Couldn't they say something? Couldn't you put it up on a screen instead of replaying the same videos over and over again? Um, very frustrating. Uh, it could have, thankfully, we didn't suffer too much, but we could have done. And it would have been very, very disappointing had we not learned about a band moving stages to an earlier time from the band themselves. We were in a lucky position. We were talking oh. to the fucking band. Yeah, I also and it, like, yeah, and I it found was, out and like ran to come tell you. I was like, yeah, go yeah, I was gonna, I was like gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say, you told you told me as well. Um, but I've been, but just before that, I'd been speaking to them. I'd been saying like how much I was looking forward to seeing them. Hmm. And then I was like, yeah, right, I see you over there at six. And they were like, oh no, have you not heard? Because I heard what? <laughs> I was like, no, I haven't fucking heard. But like you said, you know, there are there are better ways of handling that, man. Every single stage, even the Serpent's Lair, has a compare come out. Yeah. Uh, Thank every band that finishes and introduces every band that starts. Um, take, you know, there was enough time to take out to congratulate a couple on their, uh, well, well, to allow the proposal to go ahead. And, you know, thankfully he said yes in front of everybody. So yeah. they can do things like that and they can work on the fly. So, yeah, it's just silly, really. Just announce them on stage, man. Tell everybody. But we do um, want to... I, sorry, go on, you go on, carry on. No, 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 it's all right, go on, carry on. I was just going to say, um, we completely understand uh, the chaotic nature of trying to even put this bloodstock together and the position of having these short notice changes. 
um, you know, at the very last minute, you know, you've got a band booked to play on the day and then they can't come because they test positive or someone in a group does and you've got to do a last minute change. Um, credit to credit that Bloodstock turned out to be as well run as it did, considering I can't even fathom how difficult that was. Yeah. And it's fascinating now to sort of experience and um, sort of see like, the sort of old people saying they tested positive and stuff like that. And even more so is like in our case, we're talking to me and Brendan here, someone we interacted with directly in the press tent on several occasions has tested positive since. And, you know, yeah. thankfully I've done a couple of LFTs in the last week and I'm, I'm negative. So, but like that risk, it was easy to forget that risk existed and the risk is minimal for all of us. I think to agree me, I'm double jabbed and I had cold myself back in January. Brendan is double jabbed. And so Dan is young with one jab. Do you know what I mean? So like the risk. Uh, I got pinged from the app as well. You did get pinged from the app as well, which was very unusual. Very unusual. I have no idea who, who, who that, how that happened because it was certainly none of us. You, none of you have the app? Yeah, yeah. Of course uh, no, I have the app. Yeah. I've, al I've also in the last day been pinged by the app. So. Oh, there we go. Everyone's getting pinged. Uh, I've been sitting at home. Maybe when I get broke at Sunday, it'll be my turn. But the rules have changed anyway yeah. in that, so it's maybe not as important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Yeah, that's it, exactly. Showing no symptoms or anything like that. So. I've done free tests, and they've all come out negative. So. There you go, then. But yes, Bloodstock's yeah. done an amazing job in difficult circumstances, and we can only hope and pray that come 2022, things have a bit more of a normal feel to it, and it kind of... I, I don't want to say it feels like Bloodstock, because it felt like Bloodstock in every way, shape, or form. The, 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 my, I guess, and it's such an old man complaint. It really is because I want Bloodstock to be successful. I really do. And I'm like, just less people, please. Just a couple less people, you know? Just, just me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no, we'll get to it as we go through the days and the stages then about some of the things we do yeah. experience in that front. Because we're now going to talk about what you probably sat here wondering, God, there's a lot of bitching for the last hour and a plus. But when well, I actually, sorry, sorry, before we do that, because let, let's bitch three more times first quickly on three things that we quickly omitted um, while doing our little walk around the festival. So we're going to quickly pop back to the Serpent's Lair Bar and talk about Crystal Head Vodka just oh. for a second. Uh, what we, we talked about all the drinks and all that, right? And this is going to be an old man complaint, right? Because I actually, the, the, the lady that was working in there, if I put a positive spin on it, was energetic, enthusiastic, and bang up for it. Yeah. If I put the negative spin on it, Fuck me, if I'd have had a gag, I reckon I would have actually had no choice but to go over there and gag her and shut her the fuck up at nine o'clock in the morning when we're all hanging and she's screaming, waving a huge dildo around, going, drink your vodka, you pricks. And it's like, <laughs> will you just shut the fuck you, up? You, you Sorry? She, she shouted at you at one stage, didn't she? Yeah, she <laughs> shouted at me regularly because I told her to shut up. She, she was kept going, come over here, come over here. And I was like, fuck off. And then she, and she was like, oh, he's really miserable. And it's like, yes. And you're obviously hyped the fuck on Coke or something. So just shut the fuck up, honestly. But anyway, look, you yeah, I'm sure she men. was lovely. You, you are old men. Elderly, oh, someone's too loud. It was, it's, no, it's not bad or too loud. It, it, it's early morning, man. I don't need it yeah, early in the morning. And also, like, uh, the the other thing is, uh, you know, I'm a parent, man, and there's kids sitting in a fucking tent trying to watch, like, kids' movies and parents sitting there while she's standing there screaming, come and drink your fucking vodka, waving a pink dildo about it. It's like, have a bit of respect, will you, woman? Mm. At least wait till 10. <laughs> wait, till, wait till the kids' movie is over and then start. Then start throwing it at them. Yeah. Yeah, so that was one. Yeah. 
Uh, the second one was just because I know we really, really briefly touched on it, but we do tend to do a little bit of shopping at Bloodstock, so we do oh. walk the stalls and whatnot. And uh, just really, really rapidly, there were a couple of really, really good ones that are always there, and like heat wax works and whatnot, which had uh, again some really high quality stuff that we spent a reasonable bit of money in there. Uh, the rest of it was the usual tat. Yep. There was a, a missing one this year, unfortunately, but hopefully they'll be back next year, which was Sophie Lancaster Foundation. Yep. Although there was a uh, blood donor bike thing there. I don't know if you guys saw that at any point. That's and uh, I was speaking to them for a bit. We found a tenant on the floor. Um, so we asked around like people that were near it if it was theirs and it weren't. So we went and put it in the blood bank thing. We were talking to them for a little bit. And um, they were just, they were, again, really, really positive, just saying like the amount of donations they had, it was just unbelievable. You know, so that they, they had a really good time there. So that was really cool. Um, and then it was the usual tat stores, like full of full of shit. You know, I walk around looking for stuff to buy, and I come out with nothing. <laughs> you know, no, in, um, no Impericon store. No, who was there instead? What was the um, official one that was there? Oh, uh, oh, there was, there was one, wasn't there? I think it was just food. Though, oh, no? maybe <laughs> no, it might have been Eyesore or someone like that. Oh, there was there was another I saw place there. Yeah. Uh, and then the only other thing which was in the campsite which we used once, which was the uh, shisha place. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, um, which, you know, the shisha thing is always really nice. But I will say that I thought the people that were working in there were miserable as fuck, man. You know, but other than that, there you go. I'm done. That's my last three complaints done. Well, I'll just add to, uh, I'll add to everything. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I second what Brendan says. Just uh, the crystal vodka thing. Just, just, just. I love the energy enthusiasm. And in fact, later on, I find it quite amusing, uh, to, particularly as it kept going. It never seemed to stop. It started at nine in the morning, yeah. at least when we got to the VIP and we're still going at nine at night. Uh, I don't even know if it's the same bloody woman uh, at that point. Uh, but also the stalls, I didn't even bother. I walked around once, went, okay, it's the same wank. It's the same wank. Um, I have no interest in a lot of that stuff. Uh, the one stall I used to love is long gone. I think they've officially retired after 2019 or 2018. Uh, in fact, our cushion covers are from them, um, from that store. So it's a shame to see them. They're, I mean, they're not coming back. So unfortunately, that is the case. And uh, the used to attend, it was a nice chill out thing for me on uh, Friday night after Devon. So I liked it. You pay for what you get. It was nothing special. Uh, it was fine. Trying to sit cross-legged was hard, but there you go. Um, I just remembered something else I wanted. No, actually, before moving to the bands, uh, just briefly, me and Brendan just going to quickly touch upon our press experience, which over the weekend was uh, complex, um, as sometimes as messy as sort of the band lineup changes were with some, you know, some just didn't show up, others got cancelled last minute, or times were changed and we just couldn't work it and stuff like that. But I want to say, everyone that we fucking spoke to, I've been working my way through those interviews, man. Everyone we spoke to, you were nothing but wonderful people. You are as excited at times, as nervous, as emotional, as touching as as I was. I am still an amateur at this. So the fact you gave me the time of day to talk to you, to chat to you and stuff like that, to the press contacts, the ones who we talked to for a long time, the ones we had brief contacts with, you were all lovely. You know, um, for us, press is always a little bit weird because we don't feel quite as part of that club as as perhaps we should. People will tell us that we are part of them. We're like, well, we don't feel it. And part of that comes from the fact that Bloodstock to us is always uh, there for the music. You know, we've talked about some videos leading up to 2021 and we'll talk about it again here. We buy our tickets. We've already bought our VIP tickets for 2022. All three of us and our extended family are going again. We get the press pass purely so we can interview the bands in the press 
area. Now we're always grateful for it. We always are to the point where I'm always wondering if, well, what if they say no? What will I do? Will I feel disappointed or will I feel relieved because then I just get to enjoy it and stuff like that? So that aspect is fantastic and I love that for it. So if you ever see us wonder why we're in there and then we're not, and then we're in there and we're not, it's because we are racing off to see fucking bands because we want to see the music. We want to talk about the music. We want to review and support these guys. It's so important to us. You will never find us sitting inside that presser tent on a laptop. Although as much as I'd love to be able to do that, I just can't do it because I, I'll be missing too many bands. We already missed more this year um, or many this year that perhaps we'd have liked to because of the commitments. But I'm not complaining about that because to talk to some of you bands, so many of you, all of you, even the ones that were pissed off their nut, and there were a couple that were like that, including the one that split up an hour and a half before we did the interview, making the fucking interview pretty much pointless. Thank you for all of that. And um, it's going to be a weird one, but massive props to the security member of staff, the woman that was predominantly on the entrance. My God, she was absolutely lovely. And, you know, she started to remember faces and it became a joke. And you often saw people giving her treats and things like that because she seemed to be there from the moment we got to the fucking VIP area to the moment it closed, seemed to be there all the fucking time. I have no complaints about the experience. Massive shout out to the likes of Tristan, um, from the noise cartel who did you know did manage us wonderfully this year nick alexander who we had a lot of bands booked with and it all went smoothly as much as possible the bands themselves that booked interviews with us that didn't use press that just came up to us and said listen do you have time for us and stuff like that genuinely genuinely love you the bands that whatever reason couldn't make it or our interviews fell through don't worry about it don't stress about it these things happen often you often you gave us a momentary break <laughs> So that's all I want to say about it. Brendan, you got anything to add? I agree. No, I, I do. I 100% agree. It was, uh, it's always lovely. It's always tense. Um, I do sometimes feel, but I think this is more in my own head than actually any kind of feeling from anybody else. That maybe the fact that because we buy our own tickets, it's not like obviously publicly known in the press area. And I think maybe sometimes it looks like we take the piss because we come to press with a free bloodstock ticket and then we spend our whole time out watching bands. Mm. And that's, you know, but it's, that's just in my own head that you kind of think that thing, you know, um, I enjoy it immensely when I'm in there. I stress about it quite a lot. I get quite stressed and I don't have to do any of the front of the camera work, but I stress about it more because I'm always like, oh, I'm gonna, what if I miss a fan? What if this, what if that? But as soon as I'm doing them, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, I felt this year, weirdly, considering all the stuff that had gone on, was actually one of our more organised mm. years because I felt that the uh, PR people and the representatives and such were a little bit more on the ball than I have seen them in previous years. So we didn't spend an awful lot of time wandering around asking bands who are you who are you you know are you this guy trying to like get signals so we can get a picture of a band up you know yeah there are often enough representatives that we could easily get them highlight of bloodstock this year especially in outside of the music obviously which is the main reason we go was the general feeling of worth kind of got from doing the press and from a few bands in particular who made a point of lot before we even brought it up of saying like thank you uh for all that you've done or all that you do for underground metal and that i can retire now i'm done that's it you know so the bands who you know show a bit of appreciation it makes you feel that what you're doing is worthwhile and that we're having some no matter how minor some minor impact out there that are helping the bands that we love and for that feeling alone you know every second of being in there is worth it 
And now we're about to big them all up as we go through the bands we did see across the stages throughout the entire weekend, starting on the Wednesday. Right, we just talked for a bit. Dan, do you want to get us going? Did you catch... We won't go for every band, just the bands you saw, basically. So start us with the bands you saw on Wednesday and what you thought. From the Wednesday, I saw, I think, Anna Kim and yeah. Ward 16. And I think I saw Beholder as well. Okay. Um, I remember liking Anna Kim... And Ward 16, not Ward 13, not as Ward. I said earlier. <laughs> okay. I'm sure they're lovely too. <laughs> you, is that it? Have you got anything to add about them? What about Beholder? You said you thought you saw Beholder, you can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, I really wanted to see Braised by Hours, but oh. I don't know why I missed them. I think we were getting some food and we were very aware that the tent was going to be so rammed. that Yeah, uh, something like that. Something like that anyway. All right, Brendan, then you talk us through your uh, Wednesday bands. Uh, Anna Kim as well, although I don't think I saw a lot of it because that was our first interview. But, um, you know, it was, a, I think, uh, you know, I said like in the review of it, and I still kind of meant it. It was the first taste of live music for a very, very long time for me. And particularly, I hadn't been to any real lockdown shows or anything. Mm. So they could have sat up there and just, I don't know, banged pans together and I was still would have been like yeah we're back <laughs> you know um Ward 16 uh I, I really enjoyed Ward 16 I like the theatrics of it I do remember very much on a Wednesday like some of this gets quite blurry now I think like when I look back I'm like there's a little bit of like am I remembering the right thing yeah. but if I remember correctly Wednesday there were quite a few technical issues in that bands were quite late getting on stage trying to get things sorted out Ward 16 were running about 10 or 15 minutes behind it felt like mm. and uh, you know they were trying to get all the little stage shows set up and that uh, I thought they were really good when they got going um, bit of fire first pyro of the weekend so I enjoyed that uh, I find them a very interesting band but the thing with them that I'm kind of like waiting to see is how they kind of operate on a big budget because what they kind of sometimes come across to me as at the moment in a nice way is like um, you know one of those sort of theatrical bands that may be like an avatar or whatever but like in the early stages of their career where you know a lot of the things on stage are homemade and they're not quite doing what they would love them to do if they had the big budget behind them you know so I think it's great, and I really, really like the band, uh, and I enjoy seeing them live. First time I've seen them, I was really looking forward to it, and I thought they, I thought they pulled it off. I thought they did really, really well. Um, and then the, I also really wanted to see Raised by Owls, and you're not the only one, Dan, I'm sure, but uh, everyone I've spoken to who's in our group, we all planned to see Raised by Owls, and we don't know what happened that we didn't see Raised by Owls. So. <laughs> but there you go. But what I did do is uh, go back to see Onslaught. Uh, originally to tick a band off a bucket list because you know they've been around a long time probably should have seen them by now let's go and see what it's like didn't even know if i'd stay for the whole thing but you know there's no one else on let's go and check out a bit of it and they blew me away man i thought they were absolutely phenomenal absolutely phenomenal um one of the best sets of the whole weekend the whole week um really professional and weirdly no disrespect meant to any band that came before them but when i saw onslaught it actually in a way made it made the other bands like seem more amateurish, like yeah. to a degree, because Onslaught was so professional that it was, you know, they, they were a, they were a proper headliner, man. Really, really good. Fair news. Uh, Anakin, for me, it was one song. Unfortunately, I got there after dropping all my camera equipment back after our interview with Onslaught. Funny enough, 
uh, I raced back and caught the last track of Anakin, bursting into there to hear some nice meaty metal. I like I like Anakin. I think the new record's quite good as well. Very, very good, in fact. Uh, so I only got one to see, see, see one song. Not really fair for them to judge, but it was great just to be like, Sophie Stage, here I am. Let's do this. Uh, Ward 16 yeah. uh, was the other one I saw. I'm very, very excited to see them. Obviously, it was my first time seeing them as well. Um, I kind of, I, I can, I, I do get what Brendan is saying. I do really get that as well, and it's going to be fascinating to sort of see the growth from Ward Sixteen going forward. I really, really enjoyed it. In fact, Burn the Witch has been one of my stand-up memories of bands. Whenever I think of it, I can picture it and hear it and stuff like that. And I really, really enjoyed that. One of the questions I asked in the interview that's kind of stuck with me as well, and it's part of the problem of only having half an hour set when you're on a festival, which was um, how how their storytelling aspect, which is such an important part of Ward 16 sound, how that uh, can be, translates to people who just wander in, like e.g. new fans who are just wandering in and seeing a stage show, are they confused? Are they like, okay, this looks cool, but what does it mean and stuff like that? I think that's that's not Ward 16's fault, that's 30 minutes on the stage, but it was a pleasure to see them live. And it's the sort of thing where I'm like, I really want to experience it when they're, they're headlining their own show and they have an hour to an hour and a half to really kind of let rip and really tell the story and really go and really just draw it out. I think that'd be fascinating. 30 minutes flew by like that. Uh, and the last but not least for me on Wednesday, Onslaught. And I echo everything Brendan said here. My interest in Onslaught is middling at best. I like them a lot on record. I love the new album, but seeing them live has never really been high on my list. Um, and it was kind of like, oh, cool. Well, the last band on, we missed Raised by Owls and we weren't particularly interested to be Holder. So it was like, well, here we go. Let's see Onslaught. Let's see how this goes. And then maybe just chill out for the rest of the night. No, nope, fuck that. It was in there for the whole thing. And they were brilliant. Brilliant. One of my yeah. one of my favourite of the weekend. In a weekend that had some damn good music, Onslaught really, really, really got the fucking thing going absolutely nicely. Thursday then. So rather than rather than list them all off because each, because I think that will get a bit cloying, we'll take it in turns in that we, what we'll do is me and Brendan Soul are the same bands. And I'm going to, as we go up through the day, we'll go up through the day, jump in with ones you've seen, Dan, or, or we'll stop and you can you can tell us ones that you might have seen that we didn't. So Thursday, um, I think it's best to start off with Torture Demon, basically the first band on the Jaeger stage. And I'd love to say I saw them, but that was not happening because unsurprisingly, they should not have been in the Jaeger stage. They should have been on the New Blood or the Sophie at least, uh, just because that Jaeger stage was actually packed. So packed that even sound wise, we were a little bit too far back to really appreciate it. But, you know, I really liked their music and I was really enjoying what I heard. We were watching them together. So my thoughts are the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and. We, we came along and met with you guys. Do you want to, like, I'll give you an, an I mean, I know you were both there, but we were watching an example of how rammed that Diego Meister stage was, because it wasn't just the front. The whole thing was surrounded. Yeah. Uh, so much so that when me and the missus came along to check them out, um, we actually stood at the back of the stage for a while because we thought it was the front, <laughs> because you genuinely couldn't see anything. And I was like, I think I just saw the back of someone's head let's go around the other side. And we went around the other side and that's where we ran into you guys. So that's how big it was. We, it wasn't that you couldn't see a lot. You literally couldn't even see the makeup of the stage or where the speakers were or anything. Yeah. And there were so many people there. And I think that's obviously testament to the hype they're generating. I thought they sounded good. I liked them a lot. I think they've uh, got a lot of potential. They definitely should have been on probably the new blood stage would have been the perfect starting off for them. But um, 
yeah, I'm interested in I'm interested in these guys. Like, I want to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. It's got a bit of an alien weaponry feel to me, a little bit the the path, you know. Yeah, agreed, agreed. A uh, new blood, Pemphy Gold. This was an exciting one for me. It's very, very stoked to see this brutal old school death metal, and uh, I thought it would be fun as well. Like, because leading up to the festival, you know, Dan. We've done a reaction video to them of the Bloodstock thing. And Dan's interest was, well, that sounds like crap. Will it sound like crap live? That was basically our interest. I thought it was great. Uh, in <laughs> fact, I, I remember just flying by. I just, I, I'm a big fan of In the Right Mood, where it's just like, look, this is some punishing old school death metal. And Pepper Figo do that really, really well. Oh, they didn't. <laughs> 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 Sorry, no, I'm sure they're. I'm sure um, they're like talented musicians. It's just not for me. I didn't enjoy it. Fair enough. Um, I, I I enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed it to the level that Carl does. I, you know, for me, it's not exactly groundbreaking or inspiring. It's a good fucking solid blast of extreme heaviness, you know, and I enjoy that very very much. Uh, the nice half hour sort of uh, slot is perfect. I couldn't. I'd probably get a bit bored after an hour of it. Don't get me wrong. But I enjoy it. I enjoy it for what it is. I think the talent is. I think it's, it's nice and it's just nice and crushing, man. It's uh, it does what it's meant to do, which is not to make you like sort of leave there feeling all wistful and emotional. You know, it's not the for that. This is just to bang your fucking heads to mosh to, then fuck off. <laughs> Love it. This is this is some quality reviewing here. We jump to the Sophie stage, Dan. Dan, uh, is there anything up to this point that we're about to hit Ashen Crown that you'd seen that we hadn't? Uh, no. Nope, cool. Ashen Crown and Sophie stage. This started off a little run uh, for us as a group where there were several bands in a row that were highly anticipated first times. So it was a really interesting and fun little run we had here. And it kicked off with Ashen Crown, who... I thought were phenomenal. I thought they were brilliant. I thought they were super high energy. I thought the crowd was shot into them. It was heavy, but there was melody in there. There's lots of little twists and turns because they're not focused on one particular genre over another. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed Ash and Crown. I thought they were all right. Okay. Um, didn't do much for me, I don't think. But I did watch them because I want it. It's like, it's for me, I don't, I, I often, I remember in 2019, I knew nothing of the Bill, obviously, I was a lot more involved for this one, so I, I was familiar with a lot more of it. Mm. But a lot of it was me. It's like, I don't know them. I might as well just watch them. If I don't like them, I don't like them. Yep. <clears throat> That's the best way to approach it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously very firmly in Carl's camp on this one. thought they were fucking amazing, man. And in a weird way, like the onslaught were really like the thing that made the festival start feeling like bloodstock to me. You know, I loved it up until then, but onslaught came on and I was like, oh shit, this is like real shit. But then there was this like this kind of holy trinity that started off with Ash and Crown, you know, this didn't know it was going to be three bands in a row at that time. But I think almost the fact that it was just like fucking amazing a band after band that really like rammed it home. Uh, Ash and Crown were brilliant. And I know Ash and Crown and I am a fan. Like, you know, I know I have songs from them and I know a couple of the they played but I'm pretty confident I've never seen them live before I don't think I have anyway oh, and, uh, yeah I, I was just blown away man I thought they were absolutely phenomenal really really enjoyed it the, then continuing that holy trinity then it was Luna's call up next and it was intriguing because ultimately whether we like it or not this would never be the best version of Luna calls, Luna's call we will ever see they were of course short a member so they had to use a uh, backing track or whatever for part of the guitar parts. 
Uh, but still, even with that, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I got really into technicality of it. It was very easy, very great to watch and enjoy and see what was looking like they're having a lot of fun up there. Yeah, it was, it was again, yeah. really, really good. I uh, I actually I made a note of I made a, a point to write it in my notes. It was yeah. bands I don't know but have enjoyed so far, um, and Luna's Call was one of them. Okay. So <laughs> I must have enjoyed yeah, them. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I thought they were really really good. You know, I've never seen them play before. I don't think I have. I know they were there in 2019, but I don't know if I've ever seen if I saw them. Mm. Um, I've certainly never seen them play since Void came out. So I was very, very intrigued because Void was a bit of a turning pan, turning point for me as a fan of the band. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess I didn't really notice the, <clears throat> excuse me, the missing member too much, mm. uh, purely because, like, I, I don't know, I think I was just enjoying the show so much. And uh, I thought they were really, really good. I really liked the kind of humble approach they had to, like, speaking to the crowd. You know, they're not very in your face or anything like that. Um, yeah, thought it was really good. Very, very enjoyable. A lot of woohoos. A lot of woohoos. During it, do you remember? He was doing a lot of woo. Oh, yeah, woo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I do remember that now, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the third of the uh, Holy Trinity of this day, and one of my most anticipated bands for the entire festival was Urn. Uh, following Serpent of Spirit, which basically turned me into a super fucking fan. I couldn't wait for this, and it was everything I wanted it to be. Uh, possibly even more, maybe, maybe, it, it, maybe more intimacy in that they're playing directly to me and me alone, and I'm just sitting there like that. Um, that's probably how it could only get better. I love this. It was one of my bands of the weekend. I'll interject here, with, so so Brendan can end on a nice note, because <laughs> I don't see, I don't get what you see in them. Mm. I don't. It, it, I think I need to listen to uh, what's their album called? Serpent and Spirit. Ah, yeah, Serpent and Spirit. I think I need to listen to it in full because the one song that you showed me, I don't think for for how much you're picking them up, I don't think that song that you showed them does it justice. So I need to listen to that album properly. But I wasn't impressed by them live. I'm sorry. Right before Brennan comes in, I will warn you that uh, Joe from the band. Did threaten when he found you after seeing how you wrecked in the thing. Yeah. Put you in the head. <laughs> yeah. How what do you think he's going to do to you after this? <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. I'll try and save you then. Yeah, I've, I, no, I've, I thought they were shit. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, late bloomer for me. Um, I didn't fall in seeing love with Serpents and Spirits. Uh, I, you know, you, you, same same thing really with Dan. Actually, I guess the slight differences is that after the instrumental, I thought it was very very good that we reacted to, uh, but that wasn't enough to suddenly sell me on a band. So I did spend then a lot of time listening to the album, and then it did click, and I was like, yeah, okay, I get it now. I'm I'm there. I'm Don't on board. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and then so I don't know. It's such a weird journey for me with Ern. It really is. It's like the shortest metal journey I've ever been on in my life. You know, normally things take time and you might like listen to three albums for a band and you see them and then it's a match. You know what I mean? I became a fan of them like a week before Bloodstock. Uh, two days before Bloodstock started, my merch delivery came, which where I bought the <laughs> shirt and the vinyl. And then two days later, I was watching them play. It was like this all happened in a week. It was amazing. 
But yeah, so I don't know. I thought they were phenomenal. I thought they sounded absolutely brilliant, really mature, really great, like melodic, but heavy sound to them, you know. I think they're great. I really do have a lot of love for that band. And yeah, I, I, I think they, they've got, I hope this could like be, this could turn into a big thing, man. Do you know what I mean? I think they've got the sound to be, to be a big band. This is one of those bands that simply put Dan is wrong about. It's just that. It's just Dan. It's just one of those times where I'm like, you're wrong, son. Sorry, mate. But catch check up. The, Hopefully you'll get there. Oh, we just check the album taste. out. <laughs> you haven't even listened to the album, so you can't say that. Anyway, um, I think we start to deviate here because I've got a couple that I saw uh, without you guys. So I'll do those two. And then if you've got some yourselves, jump in. So I went along. I think we had some interview commitments, so there's a big gap here. Uh, so, But I did manage to go and check out a bit of Famine. Uh, and I walked in right to you in a brilliant moment. The front man's got such a strong voice and he was soaring high and I walked in and it was doomy, but it was that epic kind of doom and it has that clean singing. Uh, I thought it sounded fan-fucking-tastic. So big up Famine for that. And then we went and checked out, me and my wife went and checked out Elimination, who weren't even on the fucking thing because they replaced Master Charge at the last minute. Uh, they were short two members. One couldn't come uh, because of work commitments, so they had a drum tech in for that. And then they were short a member as well. So they were up against it and they were playing the Jaeger stage and holy fucking shit. Elimination, I already think are a brilliant band. They've been doing great work the last few years and a new album out coming out uh, in literally, I think, what, two months, October. And this was phenomenal. This was so fucking good that it, I, I stopped myself short of giving it 10 out of 10 just because I didn't want to have too many 10 out of 10s. So I gave it 9.5 out of 10 purely because... Well, it's not going to be the best version of Elimination you're going to see because obviously missing members and stuff like that. That's it. But they were yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. You got well, anything in this period, Dan, that you saw that before uh, we get to... Uh... I feel like I'm, I'm jumping ahead. So I don't think... Between Urn and The Crawling, well, I right, didn't we'll see get... anything. But this is what I'm saying. I'm not trying to jump ahead. I'm just saying. No, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah, we'll get to The Crawling in a minute then. Brendan, what about you in this period? Nope. No, my next one is crawling. Let's do it then. Let's talk about the crawling. And well, this was, I mean, good. I don't know what a word. I, I, I keep saying this was a surprise and it makes it sound like it's because you thought they were going to be shit or you didn't know what to expect or stuff like that. Thing is, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. I've never seen the crawling live. I know they're very good on record, but I just, this was fucking phenomenal. And I think I thought about this long and hard afterwards. It was the combination of everything that worked. It was finishing a ton of interviews and finally being free to just go and drink and enjoy. I had reached a point booze wise where I was nice and merry and just feeling good and feeling really happy and just in a great moment. And then I'm listening to great fucking music and it's not, it wasn't packed in a tent. So I had lots of room to move around and the head bang and just that. And then you get shit like pyro and you've got all this effects. You've got this feeling that the band are loving what they're doing and that as they're going on, they're growing in confidence. This is the band of the weekend for me. I uh, I was also, as you said, feeling a bit merry by this point. Um, and it's not usually the kind of thing I'd be into. But I, uh, when they did Pyro in the Sophie stage, I was like, oh, that's cool. And I probably started paying attention and I, I really enjoyed them. I, I don't know if I'd listen to them now and enjoy them. But in a festival environment, whilst I was a little bit, <laughs> I was enjoying it. Fair. 
Well, I was also drunk, but I do want to quickly point out to the crawling in case they see this that this is not because we were drunk that we enjoyed you. No. <laughs> we've all we've all started off with I was drunk and I said I was yeah. merry. <laughs> I also merry, said sorry, that. Sorry. I think I was smashed, but uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, either way, um, I, I, I like like Carl. I'd ne- like both or both of you actually. I'd never seen the crawling before. Um, I had listened to them on record. I thought they were, I, I enjoyed them on record. I thought they were a million times better alive. I don't know what it was about this performance, but it was really fucking special for me. I adored it. It absolutely made my festival. It brought me to a point on this day where, you know, we've had so many good bands on the Sophie stage on this day already. And every time we saw a band, you just never felt like it could be topped. You know, yeah. you watched like Ash and Crown and thought, oh, that's it. And then there's Luna's Call and, then, you know, Urn came out. And it just it just seemed to be this ascending pyramid where every band that came out was just like, I can go one more, I can go yeah. one more. I thought they were amazing. I love the misery aspect to the crawling. Um, I'd like the just silly things, man, like just, just stick in my mind. Like I remember one of the things he said right quite early on, which is like, is everybody having a good time? And it was like, a, yeah. And he was like, oh, we're not here to make you happy. Uh, we bring misery. <laughs> and then he went from that <laughs> straight into like a, another, I think it was a, oh, what's the song? I can't remember what it is. The uh, something about throwing someone into the sea or whatever. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the song. But, but you know, I mean, it was just like, I don't know, everything about it was just like, it was a really, really special show, man. I was I was blown away, absolutely mesmerized throughout the whole thing. And I haven't stopped talking about it since too. I was even talking to somebody at work today who asked me where I was. They don't even like metal. <laughs> and they were like, Where have you been for a few days? And I told them about it. And they were like, Oh, is that like bands and stuff? And then I was telling them about the crawling and they could <laughs> not give a fuck. <laughs> but I still told them, I told them about the pyro, I told them about the miserable line, I told them everything. And I was like, Oh, anyway, what do you want me to help with? <laughs> so yeah. I'm like literally like a one man sort of spokesperson for the crawling now, just walking around telling random strangers that I saw a band called the crawling pull off the fucking uh, spectacular, you know, the absolute spectacular. So yeah. And, and lovely blokes as well. I would also add. Yes, absolutely. Uh, That was it for me Thursday. So if you've got anything else guys to add, Um, just, uh, I don't think there was all there was, but a band I wanted to see, but they were not there. Um, but other than that, I didn't see anything else, I don't think. Rados? I went to see the Punk Rock Factory the... Uh, on the, the Friday. The... I saw the last said, song of theirs. As I said of, uh, in my, my review of it, my initial aim of going there was that I had Nick on one side and Gemma on another side. And I was like, right, okay. So I've dragged them about and made them watch all sorts of different types of death metal. Uh, they really want to go and see this. I'll come with them. And I'm going to stand at the back and look miserable as fuck. You know, look at me. I'm a true metaler. I'm not going to get involved. Uh, within two songs, I was doing Thundercats Ho. I was singing Moana. I was singing Let It Go from Frozen. I was all over it, man. Probably had a few beers, you know. <laughs> I'd had, well, I mean, this is well after the crawling and I was drunk then. So, yeah. but. <laughs> That, you know, like it often is for these party bands, you can imagine the Sophie tent was heaving, oh, man. Yeah. We were absolutely heaving. We were standing right back by the bar. You know, that's as close as we could get. But it was a nice buzzing atmosphere. It was friendly. Everyone was having a laugh. Everyone was joking together. And we basically played a game where when they started a song, we were like just playing like, oh, guess, what's this from? What's this from? Oh, what's this from? I can't remember it. You know, and it was just fun. It was really good fun. I think I caught the very last song of that set and I really enjoyed the last song. 
Okay. There's a good positive, positive atmosphere around it all. So, you know, that's always nice, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's one that I've got a little bit of sort of like regret that I didn't, I can't, I mean, again, like it's all a bit of blur. I'm like, what was I doing at that time? What were me, what were, what were me, Lou and Dan doing at that time? We presumably- If I remember correctly, you were um, you were standing outside the tent with a protest banner saying true metal only or something yes, like that, weren't you? That. <laughs> I, think I, I, I think you guys went back to the tent and I split up. We were sitting, we were sitting at the campsite and I was like, I'm bored, I'm going to go back. That's right, we've got to chill out for a bit. Yeah, that's right, yeah, I remember, absolutely. You're right, you are right, you are right. Because yeah. I was very aware as well that I'm like, uh, I'm Friday and I've got Saturday to be heavily drinking. So I think I was like, yeah, seen enough, I'm happy enough to call it. Okay, uh, Friday. And uh, we started with the main stage uh, and it was fetal juice. For me, it was, I, I, I had great fun with this. It was just that I love a bit of early morning, just noise. And uh, Fiddle Juice playing the main stage, I thought they looked like they belong. I realise it's not for everybody, um, but for me, give me that in the morning over another band that's coming up on another day that I don't think worked as well at that time. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Fiddle Juice. I, play, uh, I think they were all right. There yeah. was... I don't remember much from them, to be fair. I remember watching them and going, that was all right, yeah. yeah fair enough. That's <laughs> <laughs> better than... Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm pro- I'm more in Dan's camp than Carl's is in that like I do I remember a fair bit from it not that bit but um I, I think they're all right I think they're good fun in the morning I think the energy enthusiasm the noise and that is a good thing for the morning I I don't think they're an amazing band or if like do you know what I mean I'm it, it was all it was all right it was good ish I had a better reaction from me than Pemphigo did dude, stop attacking Pemphigo. They're going to take it personally at this stage, mate. Jesus. Um, I then saw Div- uh, half of Divine Chaos. Uh, in fact, actually, I think we went quite we, close. We, me and you so, went like, proper Yeah, because on the way out, I run into, um, yeah, I'd run into someone on the way out. Uh, I thought these guys were doing great. I thought they were doing great. I didn't give them any more than a seven purely because I only saw half of it. And I'm going to throw this in now. Dude, you've, you've stood us up twice now for interviews. Twice at two festivals. Twice at Bloodstock. Previous one and this one. That We're going to stop booking you. That sucks. Uh, Go on, Dan. Uh, next band was Svalbard. No, Divine Chaos. Oh, uh, yeah, just I, I, I enjoyed them. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's reviews, I like them. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> why I don't write for the site. <laughs> Same for me. Uh, I thought they, I thought they were really, really good. Uh, I enjoyed watching them very much. I thought they, they looked like they were full of confidence. You know, mm. there was lots of energy bouncing around. They got nice, heavy, heavy music, but enough melody in there to keep you interested as well. Um, I think I gave them an eight out of ten. However, if they don't turn up for the next time we interview them, then I will rescind my score and give them a two out of ten. <laughs> There's the threats. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Right. So you guys saw Svalbard. Yes. One of my top bands for the weekend. I wrote, I love the new material live and they sound better than they did, even better than they did uh, when I last saw them. They were, uh, they had a lot more, it was less noise and more like actual melody, but I was quite close. So you being far back might have found that in the wind, the noise got chopped up a bit or something, but they were fantastic. It's almost like he's uh, read my mind or read my review before I said it. 
<laughs> I did. I read um, it. <laughs> there you go. So you, you don't need to defend them. I thought they were awesome. I thought they were really, really good. Yes, the wind did play with the sound a little bit further back, um, but that's not their fault in any way whatsoever. That's just life at a festival, unfortunately. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know enough about them to you know say that I knew every song that played. I knew a couple of tracks going into it. They played one of them, um, which was good. I think the singer's smile, the fact that she looks genuinely quite happy to be there and like she's enjoying what she's doing is quite infectious something that we've always spoken about on the site you know if you look like you want to be there it, it spreads you know it makes us feel like we want to be here too yes so yeah um really really good i was quite worried about seeing them uh because listening to the couple of songs i have on record i felt it might be better suited to an indoor environment you know that kind of enclosed sort of sound but i was uh, i was pleasantly surprised to see that it actually worked really 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 well on the main stage and considering how relatively small and new they are as a band compared to some of the bands on you know whether they might have not been on the main stage in the normal year or whatever i felt that they really looked like they belong there actually so yeah credit to them well done no, well, I didn't actually add it to the written review because uh, I didn't see enough of it to warrant it and it'd been a bit pointless. I did actually watch about two tracks of Svalbard because obviously I went to get the camera equipment in preparation for interviews, but I had yep. time. So I, and I, I sort of stood out the fringes and um, I thought uh, a clickbait was particularly what I saw. Uh, clickbait was particularly what I saw. Um, so I thought it sounded great. It was just I was not in a position distracted and whatever to really appreciate. It, so there was nothing coming from it. Um, we did a lot of interviews. Uh, a groaner. Uh, a groaner. So me and Brendan, I remember us going, yeah, all right, let's pop over, see a bit of a groaner, catch what we can. And it was one of those where it was like, oh man, I wish I'd been here, A, for more of it, and I wish I could have stayed like to the end, because they were they were pretty spectacular in what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. I thought they were phenomenal. Uh, it was nice to have a bit of, oh, sorry, I've jumped in, Dan. Did, did you see a groaner? No, I didn't. Sorry. No, don't, no, don't worry. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so... You know, there wasn't an awful lot of black metal at the festival anyway, so it was nice to, to kind of get that. It must be weird, I guess, to some people if you don't like black metal, but it was almost like a bit of a breather from the death metal, you know, to go and see a bit of black metal. Um, but yeah, they were really, really good, man, really energetic. But also I like the fact that, um, you know, we reacted to a song before we went to Bloodstock, and yeah. I think Dan pointed out, and he was absolutely right, that the song itself is fine, but if that's all you do for half an hour that would be too much. You know, there has to be some variety in there too. And it was really nice watching them because they did have that variety. They did have the orchestral backing. They did switch the songs up in tempo and everything like that, you know? So yeah, I, I was impressed. I thought they were really good. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, although these guys played during Venom Prison, because I ran over to watch uh, a track of theirs. I want to give a shout out to Sale, who are playing the New Blood stage. And I walked in and I thought, holy fuck, this is energetic. It was nice for me to hear something that was leaning towards the more hard rock thing than a metal thing at that point. So I was really up for it. But I watched them on stage and you know, it's one of those transfixing things and you're thinking, oh my God, like you're busting your absolute gut up here. You know how important this is. Uh, so massive shout out to Sale. What I saw, I really, really enjoyed. No one else saw Sale, right? No, you've jumped no. ahead a bit forward. I you have. missed I out have. some stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, you've got to go on and jump in, mate. Um, the band replacing Loathe yep. um, were called Higher Power. Yep. I, I'd heard of them, didn't know much about them. Absolutely loved them. Yeah. So, so good. They were my top bands for the weekend, one of them. Um, I've been listening to their record that they released last year, and it's like called Storm I've been listening to recently. So they basically yeah, really, they... turned you into a fan? Yeah, oh. I really enjoyed it. 
Um, I think I wrote, I was sad that Loaf cancelled, but I get to see them in two weeks anyway, so who cares? Oh, for fuck's sake, if I hear one more thing... Mate, my, my top band for Thursday and Friday both cancel. So, for anyone who doesn't know, basically for two days straight... Oh, my God, it was actually annoying, annoying. If anyone, if anyone cares, my top 25 bands for Bloodstock cancelled. <laughs> we don't care. Is <laughs> no. um, that it, Dan? Was there before we get to Venom Prison? Oh, that was it, yeah. What about you, Brendan? Anything before Venom Prison? Nope. Nope. Venom Prison is next. Venom Prison it is then. And obviously back on the main stage. Now, this is an interesting one for me. Is last time I saw Venom Prison play at Bloodstock, uh, they were on very early in the morning. I think it might have been the first or the second band on. And I really love Venom Prison. I love the direction they're going in. I love... I love how strong Slayer of Holfernia sounded on this stage, for example. That's an incredible fucking song. Um, uh, but I thought they didn't. Be- I thought they looked a little bit fish out of water. I was going to use the term "at didn't belong." That that's wrong. Now fish out of water, like they they weren't weren't big enough for the main stage. Now they are. Now they are. I thought they were spectacular. I thought they commanded the stage. I watched. It's watching a band fucking grow and going. Oh yeah, it's happening. It's happening. If Venom Prison continue the path they're on, if they continue the path they're on with whatever direction change musically they're going for while staying brutally heavy, there's no doubt in my mind that in five to ten years' time, they could be headlining this festival. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I... I got your back, Venom Prison. Fuck these two. <laughs> yeah, I hope none of Venom Prison are watching. All right. Just don't do. They don't do much for me, really. Fair enough. That's it. And for me, then, uh, okay. So I thought they were excellent. That's the first thing, right? Uh, I like Venom Prism a lot. I want to love Venom Prism. I really, really do. There's a lot about the band I want to love. I love musically. I like what they stand for. I thought the first time we saw them, like this was a huge fucking improvement, like a massive improvement. I can definitely see the growth there. The bit that I'm struggling with is whenever I watch them, I never quite get past the like these are really good, and I want to love it, but I'm not seeing the thing that switches me from these are really good to I adore this. That's the thing. So I thought the show was good. I thought the music was sorry. The music was good. I don't know what it is that I feel that's not working for me, that I feel like they're lacking, that's not making me hit the other side or you know, move on to another stage. I don't know if it's a lack of any sort of stage show or the lack of anything like that, you know. I don't know what it is. Really, really good. Again, listen to them on record. I think they're really good. Everything's always really good. And for some reason, at this point, I haven't taken that step over yet into I love this band. And this show didn't, didn't push me that direction. It just kept me still at the, yeah, okay, they're good. The next album Venom Prison release is going to be a big one for you. It might be the sort of thing that makes you go, okay, I'm never going to get on completely on board. Yeah, or, absolutely. Yeah. But either way, no, well, you know, like, don't get me wrong, it's always, like, I'll never drop below. I doubt it's unlikely I'll ever drop below that. I think they're good. So I'll probably still think the next album is at least good, but hopefully more. Fair yeah. And then we move on to one of the, uh, I'm going to use the term surprises of the weekend for me because I expected to thoroughly enjoy this band. I did not expect to fucking love it. And it was Evile in the Sophie Lancaster tent. And I went because I loved Helen Leash, been a fan over the years, even though there was a long period where I just never really thought about them. They're back. They're back after eight years with this new album that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, I think they're lovely dudes. And um, obviously, Ollie Drake is back on vocal. So went along the Soviet stage, planned simply to watch a bit of Evile. And 
once again, stayed for the entire set. Spectacular. Like, it was 10 out of 10. Like, one of the bands of the weekend. Dan? Didn't see them. I was watching something else. Cool. All right, we'll come to yours then in a minute. Uh, yes, this is where the group separated, isn't it? Yep. Half went to see Skindred and then the other two cool guys went to see Eval, which would all would be me and Carl. Um, uh, I, I'd echo everything Carl said, like unbelievable, literally one of the most amazing performances. Not that I've ever, just that I saw at Bloodstock, but that I've ever seen at Bloodstock, I think. I genuinely do think it was that amazing. Every single part of it, from the music to the stagecraft to the bringing the old singer out, the duet, the the banter with the crowd was just on point, like to the point where everyone's actually laughing along with them because he's actually funny, you know? And yeah, everything about it was absolute perfection. Brilliant. You just reminded me of that hilarious bit where they were chanting for, uh, what's his name? Oh, he said, yeah, he said like, uh, you know, like just give a big sort of uh, thank you to the old singer, you know, for all he's done for Evil, and everyone started cheering, and then he was like, "All right, that's enough. Right, let's slow it down." <laughs> it was just so like I don't know. It was, it was so real. Do you know what I mean? It was like real and but fun, and and all of that. The thing that makes that even cooler is the fact that the old singer was actually backstage waiting to come on. The brothers, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing stuff. I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I love. I love that. The one that happens. Me and Brendan basically are like gonna do our own thing, as it were, and go watch a band together with no real expectations, and both come out going fucking buzzing. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a cool brother thing. Dan, tell us about Skinner, then. I, I knew nothing about them. Um, I just, I was kind of more interested in seeing them because they're on the main stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I came back from it being like, they, they were good. I really enjoyed that. Did you a Newport helicopter? No, I didn't. <laughs> Miserable git. <laughs> uh, you know, I weren't there, but like I know that like obviously Gemma and Nick and out there. And and again, as always with Skindred, from what I understand, it's the the atmosphere it, and energy is electric when when Skindred are on. Yeah. You know, yeah, he was just the front man had like so much energy. He was proper involved with the crowd and I mean Benji Webb is charisma charisma whatever the word would be, personified, charisma personified. Yeah, that's literally it. He just like, he caught my attention and I just couldn't stop watching them. So, yeah. Okay. uh, Conan. So I went to see Conan and uh, for me, Conan is a doom man I adore so much. It's literally inject that shit directly into my veins and I would have a blast. It was great after the thrashiness of Yuval and what was coming up afterwards to just have that slow molasses, but with plenty of energy when they need to heaviness of Conan thought it was fucking great um it was you know I had that thing where it was a little harder for me to get into because you know I've just seen Yuval and I'm still buzzing from that but that whole haze yeah. and fuzz that they bring just really was a nice change of pace for me um anybody got anything else before we hit the headliner nope headliner next for me of course it is Devin Townsend probably one of uh, probably the only headliner I originally cared about on the entire bill, but would end up being the second best of the headliners, amazingly, is Devin Townsend. First time seeing him headline, super, super exciting. Couldn't wait to hear a lot of his songs. Uh, I don't have a lot of memory from it, unfortunately, because I was drunk, but I remember Love, I remember uh, Spiritual Collide, I remember Detox, um, and just having a lot, a lot of fun. Incredible stage show. The man, again, charisma personified. He drips it, he's funny, he's amusing to watch. Standing there with your family and friends, it was just a great, great moment. It was a great headline stopped. It really was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Do you want to go? You go. We'll do it. Keep it going. You're gonna, you're oh. Nice. oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he was great. Uh, I don't know much of him. I really got into it, though. It's just, just good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's just good metal. Uh, I liked it. <laughs> 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 I don't know what else oh. you want to say. Oh, he's hard work, isn't he? He's hard work. Yeah, I'm, doing... I'm um, not. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm similar to you, and I, like I, I got way drunker than I planned to, and I wish I, a little bit of me wishes I hadn't because I don't remember an awful lot of the set. I remember key moments of it, and thankfully, a lot of people took videos and pictures and shit, so memories are being filled. There are things that pop in my head every now and then with Bloodstock, including with Devon, where I suddenly remember something that I thought I'd forgotten, but I've now remembered, like, just when you were talking about in there and saying the songs you remember, I'm sure you'll remember in a second when I say it now, is I remember me and you having a conversation about how amazing the guy was that he can just drop Kingdom, the song too. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, all, all the big balls came out on top of the crowd. And it's like, this, that's how cool we were, we were standing there to explaining to Nick. See how cool this guy is. He could just drop Kingdom at song two while Nick doesn't even know what Kingdom is. But we're both pissed and we're just like explaining to Nick how cool he was. Um, you know, Elephant on stage. Uh, you know, all the bits, like the videos on the screens, which were Ziltoid kind of doing the introduction to each section of the show. There was a lot of amazing stuff there and I absolutely adored it. Spirits Will Collide was a highlight for me. And I was, the strapping young lad stuff went down quite well. Uh, luckily, there was only a couple of them as far as I'm, I remember for me. So, like, love, and I think there might have been one more. I had a, I had a blast. I had an absolute blast. Um, yeah, every bit of it was special, man. And that's our Friday review. We go to Saturday then and uh, got to kick off with Borstal. Borstal, they were on the main stage. The first ever show. Uh, which is an incredible feat in itself. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I want a bit of heavy hardcore noise in the morning. I said, like, similar with uh, fetal juice, just give me that, man. Don't be giving me no chill out shit. I need something to get me up and moving, get me thinking, get me going. And Borster were intense to watch, but also really fucking sincere. A lot of the banter and stuff like that. Like, this is the shit. This is the kind of hardcore I'm finding in my older age, right? I'm enjoying a lot more. This sort of old school nasty touch to it, coming from generations a little bit older, we were kind of like, look, yeah. we're done with nonsense. We're just going to give it to you. And I'm like, yeah, shit, give it to me, bitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> weird. That sounded really <laughs> weird. <laughs> That's um, being sampled on a poor movie somewhere in America. <laughs> <laughs> give it to me, bitch. <laughs> well, uh, I really enjoyed Borstal. Uh, right up my street, really. Uh, just heavy hardcore. Loved it. It's great. Cool. Yeah, I liked it. it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like much hardcore, uh, but I really enjoyed Boston as well. They're a nice surprise, actually. You know, again, I think they were, they were first on, weren't they? So yeah. first band of the day on the main stage, you kind of just sort of milling about, seeing what you get. Um, we ended up buying, or my missus ended up buying T-shirts from them. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, you can tell an experienced band, even though it's their first show, you know, bringing out the gazers and balaclavas, stood there, credit to them, stood there pr- basically motionless for half an hour with a baseball bat. And I was like, I think it was someone that was with us, like, are you sure they're not like, balloons or something because they're not moving on models or other people they walked out uh i agree i thought they were really sincere i liked the banter with the crowd you know i thought the guy the front man was awesome i like the uh old school kind of punk almost delivery of the vocals mm. do you know what i mean it wasn't like screamed vocals it was quite everything about them was really really fresh and cool and i thought they were great so yeah be interesting to see what they what they become you know 
Then we come to uh, what was one of my most anticipated bands of the weekend. It was Video Nasty's first opportunity to see them. And one thing I'll remember from Video Nasty's more than anything else is the energy. It was very early in the morning and they were going for it and it paid off. I really fucking thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, the thought the front man was almost hypnotic for like moving around and constantly kind of doing his shit up there. Yep, got no complaints. Is one of those where it's like, the only thing I want to do now is see Video Nasty's in an intimate environment. Or like your bedroom. Yeah, please. Come come. We can do that just interview you, that we never got. Just, just <laughs> you and him in bed. <laughs> Dan, for the nasties? Wherever I see you, you're not going to like. Yeah. I didn't like them. <laughs> they bored me. He's wrong, but what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it again. Like, nice and heavy little sort of synth intros to songs and that. I thought the front man's vocal strength was quite phenomenal. Mm. Um, actually, really, really stood out to me. That's my lasting memory of that, is just how powerful his voice was. Um, you know, the music feels like properly disgustingly heavy, just almost consistently. Um, but it's good. It, it's good. It's really good to watch. Cool. Well, we are going to get to a band that now Dan is going to want to bloody talk about. Uh, before I get to, you know, WSS Dan, was there anything before that that you needed to talk about? Oh, yeah. Two bands that were like really, really good for me. It was uh, Wargasm and Malevolence. Of course. They were fantastic. Uh, I had listened to Wargasm on record and been like, meh. Um, but I saw them live and I <laughs> really enjoyed them. And I kind of revisited their discography and I've enjoyed a lot more of it after seeing them live. Uh, Malevolence I knew a, a bit better and I really enjoyed them in the first place and they were fantastic live yeah we really enjoyed them as well didn't um am I mistaken I thought did you uh, go and watch a little bit of Conjurer as well I don't think I did no I think I was watching okay. the announced dude right. um we'll add that me and Brendan did hear a bit of Wargasm UK all over way over in the um all the way, Wargasm UK, Wargasm. Don't want to say Wargasm UK. I think that's the social media thing, Wargasm. In the... No, no, that's, that's what it says on the Bloodstock post, oh, Wargasm yeah, UK. It is. Oh, I'm getting confused. Uh, anyway, um, we did hear a bit of it in the press tent because she was loud. <laughs> yeah, you, we heard her. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, like, I really appreciated her voice because she was the only person shrill enough to drown out the Crystal Head vodka lady for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should note as well that uh, if there's one band that I regret not being able to see because of changes and in interviews and stuff like that. It was malevolence. It's a real hard one for me to take, but it is what it is. Um, uh, thought I was going to miss the first, because basically we finished a set of interviews. I needed to drop the camera gear back somewhere because it was like, kind of like, I didn't want to watch or no, did I? I can't remember. How to, it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, I did manage to get there for the start of while she sleeps. Now this obviously is a band. We're not going to go into too much detail about the past, but it is the thing now where I can't be that excited about seeing them anymore because simply put they're moving in a direction that I'm although I love a lot of the new music set wise live it isn't always to my taste anymore and stuff mm. like that however live while she sleeps are a very special band and one of the things I'll take away from this bloodstock is that a they belonged they fucking belonged and how they never played that festival before is generally shocking because considering the music was heavier in the past than it is necessarily now but they look their, their 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 happiness was infectious. Their joy was infectious. They were moving at a constant high tempo speed. Um, there was a bit of fun involving Lars and obviously going over to the sound deck and the band trying to get him back afterwards. Uh, here on Brainwash Live again is I mean Brainwash is one of my all time favorite songs of Sleeps. 
Um, it's, it's one of those where it's like, it's like Cradle later on, where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can really be bothered. Oh, it was fucking great. Of course I shouldn't, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, no complaints and sleeks on my part, mate. Go on, Dan. Get Go your on, gushing Dan. over with. They're my favourite band. They were, they were my favourite right. band. They were my favourite band of the weekend. My first festival pit experience was yeah. interesting. Uh, still really hot. I didn't expect it to be so hot considering it's outside, but you know, still a pit at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I had a great, good old time. And then past that point, I got very drunk. Okay. <laughs> yep. uh, what did I think of watching? So I, I enjoyed it. I thought they were really, really good. Uh, same issue for me would always be there now for the rest of eternity, which is I enjoy. I enjoy, really enjoy watching them live. Uh, that will never be, you know, if I'm going to sit down and write the five or 10 or 20 or whatever, it could be depending on the size of the show, songs that I want to hear. It's unlikely that we're going to match up on many, but that's just the way it is. Um, the energy, you can't not get caught up in it. Of course you can't. Uh, I doubt they'll ever get invited back purely if the uh, guy that has to run with Loz's mic cable has anything to do with it. <laughs> I think <laughs> poor he gave up. Every time. Every th- yeah. I think he did as well. The first couple of times he had to come running out and he was just trying to pull cable because Loz has got into the crowd and then Loz would try to come out and he's trying to reverse the cable back out. I was like, oh, the poor chap. Um <laughs> You know, it was really, really good, you know, and it was really nice that, you know, obviously we've all seen them, but especially, like, yeah, we've all seen them many, many times. Um, it's nice to see the growth. It's nice to see the appreciation from the Bloodstock crowd. There's been a lot of positive comments about them that I've seen, a lot of people that we spoke to that have been positive about them, and a lot of people that saw them for the first time, weirdly, or heard them for the first time, which is kind of strange to think of, really, yeah. and uh, were like, wow, where have these been all my life? So, you know, I'm happy for them really happy for them yeah that's it isn't it happy for them um the next band i saw was mountain caller have you guys got anything in between i think you do brendan hannah war yeah i popped over to see hannah war uh there's only a last couple of songs so um just to be honest with you as you probably expected i couldn't even get in the new blood tent couldn't even get in it i, I was about two three people outside of it kind of looking in i think i shuffled in a little bit mm. um it was what you'd expect like in all the nice ways possible uh, everybody was standing there with their man of war um, arms ready, swords in the air. The band had their own special effects ready, which was then with two of those party cannon poppers. Oh, yeah. And then they were like, the drums were kind of beating, and then they were like, go, and they let off their party poppers, and then it was getting off, and there were plastic swords, and everyone was just having a lovely time. So, yeah, well done to them. It looked like uh, they played there before. They played the Jägermeister stage, I believe. Yeah, we and- if you talk about like kind of growth, they went from the Jaeger stage to the fact that you couldn't even fit another body in the new blood stage. So well done to them. Yeah. I think you guys forgot Cradle. They were before Mountain Caller. Okay, well, we'll do Mountain Caller first, then we'll jump to Cradle afterwards. Um, so Mountain Caller, yeah, another busy Jaeger stage form. A lot of the bands on the Jaeger stage had quite popular followings this year. I was really interested to see mountain caller admittedly during the set got a little bit distracted by the fact that a friend turned up and we were chatting and stuff like that but i love mountain caller's heavy rock man i love it uh, it's energetic couldn't see much because again we're sort of standing at the back we could certainly hear it yeah i think they were the last band i actually saw on saturday okay yeah because i watched cradle i watched them and then i was like yeah <laughs> I'm pretty sure, because uh, Mountain Caller headlined the Jaeger stage, yeah. right? 
and that that's lo- that closes long before the support slot on the uh, main stage. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure it is Mountain Caller and then Cradle. Yeah. No, the I'm, I'm looking at the thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We'll get the Cradle. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Jaeger stage is like the six o'clock headliner, something it's like that. Eight fifteen to nine o'clock. Oh wow. <laughs> I don't remember. They were definitely the last band I saw that day, and they were before Creator. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was the same as you, though, Carl. I remember hanging about there, and obviously was talking with people, listening to it in the background, and it's good music. I enjoyed it. You know, um, I'd be lying if I said I was paying 100% attention, though. No, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, we, we keep bringing them up. It's Cradle time. And as I said with the Sleeps thing, the thing about Cradle is I've seen them live so many times that there was no way I was excited about seeing them at Bloodstock. But it's a kind of thing where it's like, well, I'm going to see them anyways. I'm here and hell, if it's not working for me, I'm not feeling it. Uh, I've just bugger off. I stayed. It was great. It was Cradle, super, super strong. Cradle energized. Um, actually, a lot of fun to watch on stage at times as well. Not talking about Danny Filthy in particular. I'm talking about like the guitarists, uh, particularly doing, I remember like one of them fucking doing the spins, man, spins and spins and stuff. He just kept spinning. It was crazy shit. Then he had to start spinning the other way to undizzy himself. (laughs) Power absolutely flew. And you know when you kind of get something stuck in your head, right? Of like the smallest thing that you notice, two or three songs in, now bear in mind this is the first time they performed with their new uh, keyboard player, uh, who does a lot of the female vocals. Annabelle. Yeah, Annabelle, that's right. So I remember watching, and I remember this vividly. Danny had gone up to the backstage thing, and I saw him step over there, and I saw him put his arm around her. And it's like, and I guess... I like maybe, that. <laughs> just like round, and I guess he must have just been like, hey, well, you know, are you good? You're doing well? That kind of thing. Like, and I was like, oh, what? Look at the little fuck. He's been so nice, yeah. isn't he, you know? That's right. He has such a reputation for being a dick. I've never seen him be anything but a dude, honestly. To follow that up as well, to add to that, jump in quickly, and it... The next, the next day, he was in the um, the um, what's call it the VIP area, and getting hassled by everyone. From our perspective, it looked like he was agreeing to every picture, every conversation yeah. was going. Talking you know? to people, chatting, getting selfies, popping back into the get a drink, coming back out again. Ooh. He's not a dick. And there are such. Have you seen all the pictures going around as well? So obviously, we know like when we get to creator that there was a special appearance. Yeah. But um, of him during that day. Uh, on the sorry, on the day after, I think on a Sunday, of him basically just standing at the side of the main stage, pretty much for every band. People have basically took pictures and zooming in, and Danny's just standing there watching every band, just because he actually loves metal. He was just there checking them all out. Give me a hug, you silly little spooky bastard. Pick him up. <laughs> oh. Dan, did you say you saw some of Cradle or none? Oh, I watched the entirety of Cradle. Oh, well, yeah. I've, uh... I like Danny Phil. I think he's a very talented vocalist, but for somebody who isn't a fan of Cradle of Phil, why do I keep seeing them? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I've seen them about four times and I've seen them while she sleeps about five. <laughs> very good. Uh, you know, I, I obviously, like Carl, I've seen them probably in my band. I've in the second most times, I think overall, you know, so I'm, I'm well into double figures with Cradle of Filth. Yeah, uh, the weird thing for them is like I was, I was a bit more excited this time around just because I knew that there was a chance that we get the new song and you know they got new music coming out and you know it's been a while. Um, 
but also because I'm such a fan of their recent stuff because I just think that this band with these new guitars and everything is about as tight a unit as I've seen Cradle be for two decades. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought they sounded fantastic. I thought Danny's voice was 100% on point. Um, I remember little moments as well, you know, the moment I thought actually you were going to say, but it was the moment that really got me was um, when they let a load of uh, steam or smoke out on the stage. And uh, it was the beginning of Her Ghost in the Fog. So Annabelle was singing the female part in the song uh, while you could barely see her because of all the smoke and like mm. the fog. And I remember thinking like, oh, it's like she's in the fog. This is amazing. <laughs> um, loads of fire, loads of pyro, man, all over the place. You know, Cradle always chuck money into the budget to make sure that there's plenty of fire going off. I enjoyed it. And I thought the new song sounded fucking brilliant live. It did. Yep. Well worth mentioning that. I had um, walked away. I think to use the toilet. I was walking around the back and I was like, God damn, that sounds great. Even as far back as the shops, you know? As I saw you coming back and I remember going to you, did you, see, did you hear the chorus? You know, when it drops into the uh, office. Yeah, that was <laughs> you know, that yeah. bit. I was going, did you hear it? Did you hear it? I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> um, which brings us to the headliner. Now, I already said this during the Devon thing, so I'll repeat part of it, which is basically this was my headline of the weekend, simply because I expected Devon to be great. I didn't expect credit to be... I thought credit would be good. I thought I'd enjoy some of it. I did not expect to fucking love it. Like, absolutely love it. The thing, oh my God, this band, how haven't they headlined this festival before? It was fucking so impressive. I was absolutely wasted at this point. Or so I've been told. Because <laughs> I don't... I weirdly remember so many parts from the flag-waving part to his banner in the crowd to Danny Phil's duet to just the energy, to the, the effects and stuff like that. I, I thought they were fucking phenomenal. Phenomenal. Skip me, because I didn't see them. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, well, obviously, I, I, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me massage my own ego here a little bit first. Uh, so a uh, long, long time ago, when we predicted uh, potential headliners for Bloodstock 2021, long, long time ago, and I said that, you know, creator or a potential and, and like, I'm pretty sure it was scoffed at at the time. It was like, no, come on, they're not big enough. And I, yeah. and then when all the change-ups happened, I remember like a massage in my ego when they got announced, being like, ha ha, I was right. <laughs> creator a headlining. Um, I, I was, I think probably out of all of us, the one who is the most confident that it would be pretty cool. I think I pushed that message quite a lot at the festival going you got to come see creator not just, i know you were going to go and see it anyway but mm. even to nick and everyone like that saying you got to come see it it's going to be fucking epic so it'd be really really good and uh i thought yeah i thought they delivered you know that's what i wanted I, you know what it is well when you push a band and you're telling everybody how good a band's going to be my biggest fear was everyone turned up and being like oh, i don't shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean so yeah. there's also that little bit of a yeah <laughs> but I, I thought it was brilliant um they they said in the video when they got announced as a headliner that they were really appreciative of it and they wanted to take the opportunity and really give it their all. And I felt that they did. You know, I felt that they'd really, really put a lot of thought into how it was going to work. You know, getting Danny Filth in on a song was a nice touch because it's not a it's not a natural combination, <laughs> like, at all. It was, a weird, it was like, oh, okay, we're doing this then. Oh, this would be fun. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, hey, why not? Um it's heavy as fuck, you know, loads of pyro, confetti, smoke, all that sort of stuff. And all those little touches, I really love like that flag thing at the end because actually the band have finished and there's like an outro music, you know, and, the, and you know, the band all sort of stand there as well at the end with their arms up 
for the best part of three minutes as the outro music plays before they sort of say thank you and leave. So I think I think they were amazing, man, and they're a worthy headliner. And I can't imagine even in any year non-COVID now, a creator ever being booked for a festival of bloodstock size and not being at headliner level. Agreed. Agreed. There's no going back from this. There's no going no. back from this. What you've done is you've proved it. It's, it's it sounds silly, but to put them in the same bar, par, par, um, ballpark as Parkway Drive and Sabaton and yeah. Amon Amarth and stuff like that, that's what's happened. Given the opportunity, you've taken it, you've run with it, you can never go back. Yeah, they're a headliner now. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Uh, right, I'll kick off because I did watch a bit of Cedar Block. So Curiosity obviously brought me over there. Obviously, this sort of folkish... Uh, focused music kind of thing we talked about beforehand and I thought yep yeah, I was thinking I was in the arena to get a drink and I was like well let me stand and watch two songs of it um, I'll be honest I don't really think it worked I think it worked if you were in a specific mood which oh, was we were together uh, yeah yeah it's me and you I remember that um, now I think if you're if you were happy enough to just you had rocked up to the main stage for your day and you put your camping chair down and you had your blanket and you had your sandwiches and you had your drink you probably loved it uh, you probably loved yeah. it. Uh, after being there for five days, and I just... I was hanging that yeah, morning. I, I just couldn't enjoy it. I don't think it's a fault of them. I thought it sounded great, but obviously them just sitting on stage and stuff like that. I guess part of me is like, that shit probably would have been better in the tent. Personally, just that's just my that's just for me. It just yeah. didn't do anything for me. I feel like a Sophie tent that would have been fine. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe even the like, last kind of thing of the night, but that's anyway, anyway, anyway. Um... I then saw, well, we then caught the end of Sorceress of Sin uh, in the New Blood tent. And uh, it was literally the last song right. of that. Tons of energy. We, we basically, we, we brought some food and sat down in the corner. I can't really tell you how great it was, but what I watched and kind of caught was the front purse. Front um, woman was absolutely killing it on stage. Very, very energetic, very up for it. Um, and then it was worth Words the burn. Yeah. I really and, enjoyed them. And I think this is where we all come into it. So your words at Burn were like, okay, it was chilled out, sit back, relax again. But their kind of energy really kind of got me going. thought they were great, great bands. Yeah, I was with you for that. And I remember I wrote it down in my list of bands that I didn't know but enjoyed. Cool. Um, and I remember listening to them and being like, yeah, these guys are really cool. Quite, they're very metalcore-y, so you could see why I had the appeal there. Um, yeah, yeah, no. absolutely. I was going to say that exactly. Yeah, they're, they're, they're right up your street, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was the same. I was also there. Um, enjoyed it immensely. Thought they were really good. Like the energy, like the the nice blend of riffage with the clean parts and the harmonies and melodies and that. So mm. yeah, they were good. Really good band. Um, we might differ here. So my next band was This Is Endless. Uh, I, uh, I caught a little bit of Bloodshot Dawn. Okay. But, uh, were they before? Yeah, I think they were before. Yeah. Um, they were very much in passing, but like I passed slowly, so I caught probably like two tracks. <laughs> you know, it was really, really slow passing. <clears throat> like, oh, yeah, with, all the, with the wall, it would have been slow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, um, like, you know, it, it was what you expect from Bloodshot Dawn. It's hard, it's heavy, it's fast, you know, it's hyper-aggressive, and it was enjoyable from what I caught yeah. I remember on a Sunday, I spent a lot of time in the new blood stage just because it was like band after band. I was like, I might as well sit here and just watch them. Yeah. Um, but there was my big band for the day, which was Bleed From Within, um, which was just before This Is Endless. Yeah. 
they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they played my favourite some of theirs last. Um, and I was very pleased. Nick was there. He was there for the first, like, uh, the first third, and then he disappeared for a bit. And then he was there for the last third of their set. But, yeah, they were, they were, they were really good. Cool, cool, cool. <clears throat> uh, all right, well, this is endless then for me. So obviously I've made it no secret that I really wanted to see this band. A uh, big fan of them. I love this in your face shit. And it got, I, I, I had to run from an interview as we said at the start, uh, all the way over to New Blood to catch the last 15 minutes. You know, we don't want to bang on and I certainly don't want to be moaning about it, but ultimately part of that, what part of that nightmare journey was the amount of fucking camping chairs that were in my goddamn way um, to get across and, Jesus, Bloodstock, please, please do something about this going forward because it was out of order, what was happening on Sunday. We get it. You all want to sit down and chill out and stuff like that, but you're taking the fucking piss. But anyway, I got the This Is Endless halfway through. Right, I literally managed to walk straight in and get straight to the fucking front. And yeah, I was able to just kind of like my tiredness disappear for 15 minutes and be like, right, I'm, oh, I'm into this. I'm what for this. And one thing I love about this band is they're gurners. They are, they got some good gurn face going on on that stage. <laughs> okay, what's next? I I had like four bands I saw in a row on the New Blood stage. Tell us then. Uh, it was the Ingester. I caught the last ten minutes of them. That mm. uh, was Fellowship, and I remember doing a reaction to them like a year ago. And really enjoying them for a bit, but then I forgot about them. Yeah. And the name like rang a bell, and I was like, "I'm gonna go watch Fellowship." And I think I caught the last ten minutes of Ingester. Yeah, I was. I, I hated missing Fellowship, man. Yeah, uh, they were good. <laughs> South of Salem, we did a reaction to, and I was like, "I might as well watch them." And then Datus as well. They were just there, and I don't know why they rang a bell as well. But I was like, "I'll watch them." Uh, I don't know what it was after that. Gloria Hammer? Uh, they actually oh, have been really Ghost of Atlantis them. first. Okay. Yeah, they Because Ghost of Atlantis moved time. Um, yeah, but not as bad as I thought they were because I was actually able to watch Ghost of Atlantis and then go and see like probably three quarters of uh, Gloria Hammer. Well, let's do let's do Ghost of Atlantis now then, basically. So obviously people, as we've said already several times, right, this Ghost of Atlantis got moved uh, to the Sophie stage. I also note that they were down a member as of many other bands this festival uh but it you know it should be no secret if you watch our videos regularly that this is one of brendan's most anticipated while i am not quite on the same level as brendan i do think they're a phenomenally phenomenal band and i do think based off shows like this particularly when you're in a position where you're not going to be at your strongest and you still come away blowing minds and basically this is superstars in the making man like it just screams it from the professionalism to the show they put on to how they carry themselves to the fact as well that they are so humble considering the caliber that is in that band. I, I just, I can't imagine not in a couple of years time, not seeing, seeing it, not seeing this band headlining the selfie stage. I see that. Uh, I see that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not just quite big a fan of either of you really it's not really up my street but i did watch them because of how much brendan banged on about them for the whole week that we were there <laughs> um, but yeah i didn't really have a strong opinion for either side it was just like i was watching them i was tired and i wanted to see them but yeah okay well then what did i think <laughs> 
I, I, I thought, considering they were a member missing, I thought they sounded insanely accurate to their album, considering they were down a guitarist, which is quite a difficult um, instrument to replace. But there's a lot of talent in the band and, uh, you know, they they pulled it off. There were one or two sound issues, my critical point, but mainly due to the fact that the front man was using... I don't know if any other bands did, and maybe it wasn't exclusive to him, but a, a, a wireless uh, mic. So you could hear, like, if he did one of his extended shouts or roars, that occasionally it would cut out and back in a little bit. It happened once or twice, you know, and that's my critical side. Um, my fanboy side, all my, but also just the truth is I thought they sounded amazing. I love the music. I thought they held themselves really well. I think it's what you said, Carl, basically. I don't look at this band and remembering that this is a band that were meant to be a New Blood band, New Blood stage at least. Mm. But we know that they're experienced band members and I think that experience shows, you know, and that's the thing of it. Whether it's in the performance or the interview, they don't come across like a new band. You know, they're, they're professionals and um, they know what they're doing. They know what they're creating here and they're they're talented the dude who does the clean singing with the guitars i mean i'm genuinely considered like divorcing Gemma and seeing if i could get with him so i think i'm in love with him but um <laughs> i love the whole band i think they're amazing and they made i didn't even they weren't even my highest rated band of the weekend but it just made my it made my weekend for me because i like them so much that so many bands in this lineup, the original lineup that I wanted to see weren't there. And so many bands were replaced that I was intrigued by, but none that I adored. And this was the one that I adored. So, you know, it was a really, really special set for me. And I thought they were fantastic. My only complaint, as it would be for anybody who loves a band, I'm sure it would be the same if it was While She Sleeps, who were on a stage like that or anyone like that, is that I don't want Ghost of Atlantis playing 30 minutes, man. Their songs are seven, eight minutes long. You know, I don't want four songs. I was waiting for more, and that, you know what I mean. I want more. I want more, and it, it ended way too quick for me. Fair enough. Uh, all right, tell us about Glory Hammer then. Uh, so, well, I mean, you could all probably get right two t- r- massively memorable things from Glory Hammer. One, it was the first start of the experience of this crowd is becoming a problem. Right. right. Uh, so on the side that was closest to the Sophie 10, I don't know if you remember, like, no, there, there was like an ice cream van and that was about yeah. as close as we could get to Glory Hammer. And that was way, way away from the stage. And we managed to shuffle forward a little bit, you know, and get in the bit so we could see what was going on. Um, but it was it was an uncomfortable sized crowd. Yeah. Um, and and obviously a lot of seats, as we all know. The second most memorable thing from it is that the front man, Angus McFive, um, he either stuffed some shit down his trousers or the most impressive glory hammer on that stage is genuinely his own personal glory hammer. Because it, like... Look at the pictures, that honestly. Is... Look at... The, Look at the picture. Everyone we were with was just like, it, you know, the problem is, is that once you notice it, you can't take your eyes off the right, bloody I'm, thing. I'm look. He's got skin tight lycra on and he's bouncing about and the thing's like, it's going to take an eye out with that thing. Put it away. 
like tuck it in, strap it up or something. But um, you know, they were they sounded good. They're fun, of course they're fun. You know, I would say that there were probably as many inflatables in the crowd as there were people. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it was, uh, you know, we had the guy in on um, what do you call him, like a lilo sort of thing, go past crowd surfing. Lots of people with inflatable unicorns. Uh, they sounded great. It's high energy. They played all the songs I wanted to hear because I don't know an awful lot. So I got Angus Revive, I got Unicorn Invasion of Dundee, I got all those sorts of tracks. It was fun. It was fun. I just can't imagine how people bear being in the middle of that because <laughs> that was mental. And it's also the first point, but it's actually written in a refreshing way. It was the first point where we had like reasonably heavy rain start falling, you know, as well. So oh, yeah. that was a. Uh, we missed most of that because we were inside. We were inside, yeah. Yeah. Watching you know what I mean? Go, go to it now, uh, the last band I saw of the weekend was Necronautical inside the selfie tent. Yeah, I remember looking over at one point and going, oh, it looks like it's raining quite heavy out there. And Necronautical, very tired legs at this stage, people. Very, very tired. But like, this was such an important band for me. It's one of those where like, I wish they'd been on an earlier like day so that like I could have really, really, really felt like myself. But even still, like that was an hour that I was able to stand there and headbang to. Sounded fantastic. Having the two um, sort of operatic, like um, epic singers on either end, a man and a woman on either end on the table, added a real, real epic sound to it. It was heavy. It was nice. It was just a great way. Although I didn't initially plan it to be my last band I saw, it was. And it was a great way for me to kind of wrap up the festival. Cool. So you got anything to add? You did see them. Uh, I was really, really tired by this point. So I was like, I, I kind of, I was just listening passively, like thinking about my comfy bed, basically. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't, I didn't see them. Um, so the last band that I saw of the weekend, unfortunately, but not because of the band, but because I would have liked to have stayed for one more, but uh, was Saxon. And I wanted to see Saxon. For the same reason as most people kind of want to see Saxon, I guess, is that I don't think I've seen them, or if I haven't seen them, or if I've seen them before, I haven't seen them in a very, very, very long time. So I want to check out a couple of tracks, and then I was going to go and get some food and chill out somewhere. It was raining, um, but it was just good fun, man. It was really fun. You know, it was enjoyable, and it was like, you know what, I'm just going to stay here and watch it. And we ended up staying and watching the whole set. And uh, we had a couple of things happen that were both like one which was particularly cool. Um, there's actually a picture going around somewhere on social media, like it's worth seeing. It but the first one was is that at one point during the rain, uh, the, he turned around and, said, and basically said, oh, don't worry, guys, it'll stop raining in a minute. And uh, literally within about three seconds, this beam of light as the sun came out of the cloud uh, from behind a cloud just shone down onto like the main stage and it stopped raining. And it was pure coincidence, but it was just amazing. But then because it had been raining and now the sun was shining, over the back of the Ronnie James Dio stage was a rainbow. Mm. And that was just like a pivotal moment, man. Like, you know, Dio stage, a rainbow, Saxon on stage. And it was like, that's really nice, man. I'm not like, obviously that's not Saxon's doing, (laughs) you know, Um, they can't control that, but it was really, really cool. And there were just nice moments in it, man. It's a bit dad rock. Don't get me wrong there. You know, as much as I want to pretend like, you know, this is metal. It's not, it's not often metal. It's more kind of older rock stuff, you know, and some of the old school stuff was kind of endearing, like watching him um, video the crowd 
and then spend five minutes trying to upload it to Facebook because he wanted people to know that metal was alive now. So, and then he's standing there going, the fucking thing won't load. And, <laughs> you know, and everyone was going, yeah. <laughs> We're like, yeah, we know that problem. And then he was like, how do you do this? And one of the guitarists came over and was showing him what to do and all that sort of stuff. And, you but, you know, Facebook? it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the book of faces, but it's not working, you know. But um, I don't know. It was around that sort of time that um, I think halfway through Saxon I needed a piss, and I went back to the VIP quickly to have a piss because it had been raining and the uh, area by the urinals like was was swampy and massive queues, and I was starting to get fucked off now because just to get back through. I was fighting my way through chairs. I was trying to fight my way through food queues. And, it, the, you know, it was starting to get on top of me a little bit by then. So the end part of the show for Saxon, not their fault, but just the whole festival environment was starting to get on top a little bit by then. So, but yeah, Saxon were great. Man. Really, really nice to see them. And that brings us to the end. Um, I mean, uh, I will say, like, the reason my decision of leaving was simply based on this is that I was feeling absolutely exhausted. Obviously, got to drive three hours back home. Uh, got my son and wife in the car and packed up already. And while the plan had initially been to hang around and watch uh, at least half a priest, let like get let traffic die down and stuff like that, me and my wife decided, oh, look, let's pop over and watch um, a bit of Black Spiders, you know, keep ourselves moving rather than sitting down and just, just dating. And uh, I love Black Spiders, massive fan of them. They're a band I've partied to many, many times. And uh, we went over there and we watched two songs and I turned my wife and said, like, I'm, this isn't going to work. Like, I'm exhausted. And like, this is just standing around for the hell of it now. So we came back and we're like, we said to you guys, yeah, we're going to shoot and all that. And uh, yeah, that was it. So, it, you know, I'd have been yeah. disappointed with not seeing Priest had I not seen them last time they played, thankfully. So there is that aspect of it. You know, do I feel yeah. like I missed out? Of course, of course. But yeah, and, and you, you guys obviously decided to go, but we decided to stay, um, you know, and that's what the plan was. And then we waited uh, where we were sitting in the surface there for a little bit. And then we were like, right, let's get a you know, drink if anyone wants a drink and let's walk over there. We walked over there and we realised that whereas the, the 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 crowd for like Glory Hammer and everything was back to the ice cream van, that it was actually now almost back so far that it was close to like the merch and everything like that. And it was, sorry, not the merch, but the um, stalls and everything. And I was like, you know, I think we spoke about it, like me, Gemma and Nick, and we were like, look, you know, I'm driving. I don't care. I'm all right. I'm not drinking now. So I, I'm happy to stay if you guys want to see it because I've seen them again, like you, quite recently at the most recent Bloodstock. I know Nick's never seen them. Gemma was obviously at the last Bloodstock. I mean, Gemma's feelings were like, I can't even see the stage. Like the yeah. stage is, you know, we're at an angle that we're just looking straight down at a crowd. And Nick was the same. He's like, there's no way through. There's no way we can get in there. And we're just like, all right, let's knock this on the head. This is uh, not going to happen or not going to be fun. So, yeah, we also... Decided that was the time. So, but overall, man, what an satisfying experience. Uh, as I said, didn't see a single bad band. Uh, I think between the three of us, we had a varied enough experience in regards to certain bands we all saw and enjoyed more than anything else. Obviously, Dan's experience is quite different to ours. Um, we have been going for over three hours. So, before we wrap this up, though, we're going to do two quick things as we move forward. We're drawing a line on the Bloodstock 2021, unless anybody's got anything else they want to add about it. Huh? I, don't, I 
just in case I haven't mentioned it, I just want to make sure I mention that uh, Ghost of Atlantis are awesome. I thought you were going to be serious there. <laughs> so obviously me and Lou did do a video about the announcements for Bloodstock 2022. Quickly, without going too much detail, we're going to get your thoughts because you haven't had a chance to say about the bands that were announced. And then we're going to do some brief, brief dream booking for 2022. So I'm going to fly through the bands that have been announced for 2022. Tell me how you feel. Yay, nay. Interested, not interested. You name it. Starting from the bottom on the way up. Go on, Dan, you go first and Brennan. Butcher Babies. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Not bothered. The Night Flight Orchestra. Yeah. Not bothered. <laughs> Life Sorry, Dad. <laughs> um, interested. Okay. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody wood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah? We agree, yes. finally. Yay! Heathen. Nah. Yes. Only because I want I don't know in all these big announcements who the fuck they, they are compared to the rest of these, so I'm intrigued. <laughs> uh, Static X. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, the Black Dahlia murder. Yes. yes. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exodus. No. Middling. Okay. Uh, that's a weird one for me. It's uh, If Nothing Else Is On. I've never seen them before, so fuck it, this maybe. Okay, cool, cool. Guar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big announcement that one. Uh, Sacred Reich. Uh, kind indifferent, of. Indifferent to it. Yeah. Uh, Philip H. and Selmo and the Illegals. No, I'm all right. I, I am excited because, can I just, I'm sorry, just really, really quickly, I know we're not doing like a long bit here, mm -hmm. but when they announced it at Bloodstock, they announced it as still doing the Pantera set. Right. Because that was the confusion, yeah. When it came up on the screen, they said Philip H and some of the illegals doing the Pantera set. Oh, cool. So, so that's why I'm excited. Uh, violence. Nah. It's kind of like Sacred Reich, middling on that a little bit. Get ready to roll your eyes. Bury tomorrow. Yeah. I'm, no, but whatever, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Testament. Yes. Indifferent to it. <laughs> Timmy Borgia. Yeah. Yes. Which then brings us to the headliners. We have Lama God first. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Merciful Fate. No. Good the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we agree on this one. Uh, uh, oh, couple of minutes for bucket list. Job done. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> any any predictions for the third headliner? Architects. Ooh. Because <laughs> no, there's, there's a reason for it as well. Because this year they booked more bands like that, like While She Sleeps, and they were meant to have Barry Tomorrow. And Parkway two years ago, and they're not having really anything like that this year. I, I think, I said for a Saturday, but obviously Merciful Fate are on the Saturday. I think it might be. I don't think it happened, but I think it would be a good headliner for them. It's a good shout. It's not impossible. It's not possible. Mm, that's what right. I'm saying. I'm going to go... Right. I hate this, by the way, because I like to put a bit of thought into my predictions. Yeah, but this has caught me on the spot. So I'm going to go for Avatar. This uh, UK tour, European tour, January, February, March. They're in uh, the States, I believe. 
they're at back end of this year and then they're in Asia, I think, in May, June, and then back around July, August. So I'm going Avatar. It's a great shout. They're both really good shouts because they both have never headlined Bloodstock before as well, which is quite a big deal. Because the thing about Lamb of God, I mean, you could argue most of Fate have, but most of Fate are the more classic band, I think. And Lamb of God have headlined previously. Um, I'm just trying to think because I was going to say Avatar. You took my Avatar, man. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's easy to go with Trivium, but I'm not entirely sure that's the case. Uh, this t- I don't think it's the case. Fuck, I've got too many small bands, man. Then you can headline. Then you- All right, I'm going to throw this one out there. Machine Head. It's not okay. possible. It's not machine- <laughs> You never know. All right, um, fantasy booking down. What bands would you like to see booked? I did write a couple uh, live because they were cancelled this year. They were can- yes, we know. Um, <laughs> Sleep Token. I think they might do well on like a Sophie Sage uh, slot. Okay. Uh, a band called Lamma Brooks. I think they might do all right on Lama. the main. Yeah, uh, like a main stage start early in the day. Okay. Uh, Kill Achilles, I think, would do good in like the Sophie stage or something. Shout. Pint Glass would love to see them on like somewhere love them uh, and then make them suffer i think they do brilliantly on the main stage all right so i'm trying to stop trying to turn my festival into a fucking metalcore festival <laughs> <laughs> literally no, joking don't worry two of those, i'm joking, two of those, joking. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, take the piss mate <laughs> you've already got buried tomorrow that's your one band fuck off <laughs> <laughs> the only reason they got um, so many this year is because of covid yeah yeah, that's it. They ain't got no other bookings. No one else wants to see the fuckers. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, actually, To Kill Achilles is a great shout. I'd love it to is. see To Kill Achilles there. That'd be a one I'd happily, happily see there. Um, weirdly, my dream booking is a re-announcement. I desperately want them to re-announce Cattle Decapitation, like, desperately. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point where it's making me antsy that they haven't been re-announced, like, and I'm bothered by it. Yeah, and I hope it's... A lot. Yeah. A lot um, of the bands they did announce was stuff what was meant to be last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of us that, that haven't yet, you know, so I'm hoping it's just a wave thing, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. potentially, maybe that's your Friday night headliner there. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, you don't want to just fill the first announcement with bands that are rebooked because there's nothing necessarily yeah. that exciting about that. Um, aside from that, uh, I'd really like to see Chemist. Yeah, man. I'd love to see Chemist. That'd be fucking awesome. Uh, and then I'd like, you know, there's a lot of small bands I'd like to see either come back because I think it's a good time for them now. So, you know, some of the bands that we saw like New Blood back in 2018, 19, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Earthbound, you know, Aeonia, someone like that. I think that would be really cool. And obviously, no uh, wish list goes by without me saying the two words, Dream Troll, <laughs> you know. I was expecting you to say Ghost of Atlantis again as well, but... (laughs) I'm assuming they're going to be headlining the Friday night now. (laughs) All right. Um, Anal Nakrath, I think they'd kill it, and they've been in a bit of a while. Uh, Ball, for me, personally, I'm going to scroll through my music while I'm doing this. Um, Burning Witches. Burning Witches. They would be really, really killer. On pretty much as like a headline selfie stage slot for me personally. Carrick Angren, Carrick Angren. Oh, mate, there, there's a late night selfie fucking spectacular if ever there was one. Uh, what else we got? Like to throw some odd ones out there. Bring Creeper in, scare Bloodstock, bring Ooh. Creeper in. 
Death Heaven. I think they oh. could have a nice, oh. nice middle oh, okay, day uh, main stage slot. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Uh, oh, for fun. You want a fun band? Look, I, I can have a party band. I can have a party band and they can play like subheadline even. Dropkick Murphys. Right. Dropkick yep. Murphys. Mm. Be a good shout for me. Uh, fit for an autopsy. Oh, yeah. Bit of that. Bit of that. Uh, Ghost Bath. New album out this year. So, you know, we should be touring next year. Um, Grimgot, smaller band, but something for the new blood, that kind of thing. And you get that nice um, power metal stuff from Grimgots. I want them to bring this band over. Do it. Bring us and put them at a Sophie stage and a nice evening thing just for me and Dan. Just for me and Dan. Bring Hellions here, please. <laughs> bring Hellions. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Her Despair, bit of that. I love a bit of that. As well, the Infernal Sea. Bring them back because we really want to interview them again <laughs> at Bloodstock just for that alone. If you want a special, a special show, Killer Be Killed, man. And then you can have all the individual bands if you want, but Killer Be Killed. No, because that means that Mastodon will have to be there then. Yeah, they'll have to headline as well. Okay, yeah, just uh. Killer Be Killed. Just them. <laughs> uh, the likes of Mastiff as well. Melt would be really good. Mist of Misery, Mole. I mean, literally, my 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 music my music playlist thing is so good that I could basically put everyone there. Another party band should have been this year, but COVID be damned. Nano War still, Nano War still yes. band so well. At all, all, all I'm aware of right now is, is that Carl's on N. <laughs> There's still a lot of letters to go. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> speed, up, I'm gonna speed up. I swear. Yeah, I, swear. I wrote like five or six bands that I thought could maybe I just, I just we I just did them off the top of my head and then I've just remembered that in the the Bloodstock Metal Forum they asked this question the other day and I wrote a list down uh, of oh, like six bands so, so one, once Carl's finished with here they'll do my last three that were on that list that I didn't remember and then I no, then uh, Thormesis, uh Thumb that would be great to see again Turasas if they're ever going to get their ass do you know what I mean uh, that'd yeah. be cool. Uh, I think I might almost be out. I'm am almost out. Uh, sea sleeper werewolves. There you go. I'm out. Oh, Zelenardo. Yeah, Zelenardo would be great. Mm. Uh, and the ones that I, I said they're all the ones that are on my list. The three that I forgot were Finster Forced, <laughs> which is a uh, heavy power metal, but on the heavy side. Uh, Night Rage, of course, because I always say Night Rage, melodic death metal from. Greece slash Sweden. Mm -hmm. uh, 1914, which I would love to see in the tent, uh, like proper extreme black metal. And then the last one, but I don't know how high up they'd have to be, the Polish death metal, Legends Vader. Oh, there's a headliner. If you want to give someone yeah. that's never done it before. Maybe a, maybe a Sophie headliner after hours, man. Mm -hmm. Well, that's our fancy booking for you as we bring this to an end. Thank you very much. If you watched all the way or listened all the way through, we massively appreciate it. Bloodstock, we massively appreciate what you did for this, this year. We hope the criticism we have get, given can be taken forward and improved because we're there already. We're already fucking there, so it doesn't bloody matter. Just put some music on in a tent and we'll be fucking fine. Uh, we're shit in a field. It's fine. We've become too bloody fussy. That's the problem. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. 
Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?